Welcome to Some Assembly Required, where the power of Australian podcasters assemble together for a range of random topical discussion. Powered by DashGamer.com, you can find this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and a ton of other podcast platforms. I'd like to welcome this episode's lineup with Ryan Betson from The Pop Culturists. Oh, hey. Drew Agnew from The House of Mario. How we going, fellas? Paul James from Player Two, Deb Dory, and a bunch of other stuff. Is my audio working yet? <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. And myself, Simon Blackburn from Take My Tone and Apple Slice. Okay, guys, um, we, we're going to hit this off straight into the topics with with Ryan Betson. So I have something to get off my chest, uh, my unimpressively sized chest. You could say <laughs> I'm guilty of finding pleasure in some assembly required. Betson, I think it's time to rattle up the first topic. Oh, listen to this. <laughs> oh, how can I follow a segue like that? All right, cool. So look. I'm going to get this out of the way right now. Uh, every podcast I ever do in the last like eight months has mentioned wrestling at some point. I'm going to get it out of the way right now. So, recently, I love wrestling. Uh, and the more that... Because I'm very proud of my love for wrestling, getting it out there. I'm like, hey, wrestling, me. Fucking love it. So the, the surprising amount of people that have come to me and they've gone, wrestling, oh man, I fucking love wrestling. Like a little guilty pleasure of mine. I think it's great. I think it's brilliant. Blah, blah, blah. So that got me thinking, why can't we just be proud of the little things, the weird, obscure things that we like. The things that you may not be, you may be a little ashamed about, but you just kind of love endlessly. So, I want to give you all, myself included, a chance to air your guilty pleasure. Make it guilty no more. Be proud of that random fucking thing you like. That's about, that's about as much thought. <laughs> yeah, but you introed it so well. You did, yeah. Thanks, man. So, who's going to start it? Uh, hmm. Let me think. I'm going to give it to you, Simon. I think the host, host with the most goes first. Just. Alrighty, so you're talking about things like music, movies, TV, etc. So yeah, so pretty just... much, yeah. So yeah, music, movies, TVs, just uh, anything in the pop culture sphere, I guess, because that's where a lot of guilty pleasures tend to lie. Okay. So anyone who's listened to my podcast, Takes My Tone, knows my propensity for like heavier music, right? And so I dare not listen to pop music generally, but I have some guilty pleasures. Uh, Christina Aguilera. Yeah. yeah. Primarily around the <laughs> stripped era, songs like Fighter, Can't Hold Us Down. I reckon she's just like, boom, like got that like balance between, uh, I mean, there's the obvious sexual appeal, but then there's also like, just like she's a killer vocalist. Um, and, and, and even stuff like the, the ways that she keeps changing it up on things like uh, Back to Basics and the album Lotus and that. So that, um, yeah, so something like that, it's, Guilty pleasure in the sense that I dig it, but I'm not going to be listening to it, uh, you know, with the volume up driving down the street. No, that's a fair um, point. You didn't you didn't listen to it. You put the video on your computer or your phone or your TV, <laughs> turned the volume right down, and you just watched. And you're like, this uh, fucking, that's no, fucking seriously, dirty. That Very dirty, that that bass tone, that bass sound in Dirty is so fucking good though. Yeah, it is. Um, it's killer. And along those lines, uh, Katy Perry. So yeah. primarily Teenage Dream and Prism. Um, I think her song E.T. is re- is really sick. I actually yep. probably wouldn't even mind playing that publicly. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, musically that's yeah mostly bad. Oh, that and probably like the greatest boy band song of all time, Backstreet Boys, Larger Than Life. I don't give a crap. That 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 is a banger. I'm just saying. All right. I mean, get so, a, get um, a few drinks under my belt, and I'll go for that. I guess. Oh yeah, no, like seriously. I'm not doing that, it sober. Just, 
even even after especially at a wedding like it's always the weddings it's like I don't care what's playing yeah. well, they, um, they bring out the worst in all of us yeah but they have to have Nutbush City Limits or I'm leaving yeah. like they just have to have it <laughs> So um, to make things coherent, should we get everyone to jump on music and then come back? Yeah, 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 I think so. Yeah, all right, we'll switch it, switch it up to the next person. All right, Padge. Uh, wait, we're still talking music, though. Yeah. yeah. Um, musical ones. Look, you rattled off a few of them, and certainly, like you mentioned, Nutbush there, that is absolutely one of mine. So being a teacher, I, and I teach high school, I attend a lot of uh, like Year 11 Debs, uh, graduation nights, those sorts of things. And the music, for the most part, has to be fairly family-friendly, I guess. So you can... Co- uh, because there's going to be some little kids that'll come along as well. So, yeah, your nut bushes and those sorts of things always pop up. And I try to avoid getting out there for everything, but when that song comes along, I've got to step foot on the dance yeah. floor at <laughs> yes. that point. And it's you usually hard to take me away. Like that, that's the one that I kind of... People know that they've got me when that song pops up, so... <laughs> But otherwise, musically, I, I don't know. Um, I kind of stick to my my taste. I don't necessarily have too too many things that I would say stray outside of that range. And I guess we'll we'll talk about that to an extent in a later topic. But um, yeah, that's that's kind of my my thing. Hmm. Thanks, Drew. Uh, as far as music goes, like these guys are quite good. But um, the pop opera group El Devo that's probably one of my guilty pleasures yeah. When, when, yeah. <laughs> whenever this come on everyone was like what the hell is this Drew I'm like oh I like it like because my mum was into it she would play it in the car and I got into it like that and there was a, there was actually one time in a shearing shed I was working in the shearing shed and I had my um, phone hooked up to the uh, the speaker everyone was listening to and it was on random so it was going through just like my pop punk songs my rock songs you know the stuff what um, you know typically you play in that type of environment the sort of pump up and you know work hard and whatever then that came on it was like a real slow song and they just kicked into the big ooh. <laughs> everyone just looked at me what the hell are you playing Drew I'm like well, sorry fellas I didn't create a playlist for, um, for you guys today but it is what it is yeah but yeah I quite like those guys yeah Anyone else? Anything else jumps on your list? There is it just just Il Devo is your big secret. Yeah, uh, and you know you just um random pop music. Uh, was it back in also back in high school? There was a like I didn't like Justin Bieber Bieber's songs back then. Like Baby annoyed me, but oh, it's uh, so cute that Bieber was like your school years. Yeah, yeah. wow. Well, <laughs> well he's he's the, he's the same year as me. He's the same age as me. I think he's a year older actually. Oh, Drew yeah, is yeah. Australian's Justin Bieber. We know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, apparently Justin Bieber, his middle name is Drew. I found that out by Wikipedia. Whether it's right or not, oh, I don't wow. know. Coincidence? I think so. Yeah. And he's also <laughs> known for shearing sheep. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> he, he can do two. He's two hundred a day. Yeah, he's a yeah, good at it. And you're both drummers too. He plays drums. You play yeah, drums. he's a little bit better than me though. He's pretty good at the drums. He's an amazing drummer, from what I can see anyway. But uh, I forgot the name of the song. Was it um, never. It was called like Never. It's one of the newer ones. No, it was. It's an old one. It's like one of his like. But never say never. That was the name yeah, of his little. Yeah, movie never as say well. never. So, you know, it's a real lame song. But there was just something about it which I'm like, oh, this, I like it. <laughs> I didn't like any of his other songs until his more recent album. I actually quite like that one. I guess that could be a guilty pleasure as well. But yeah, I really liked that song, and that was a song I never. That was one I hid. I remember I had it on an MP3 on my computer. Never put it on my iPod in case it came up with like Justin Bieber in my like. <laughs> <artist>. <laughs> So that that's that's a big one for me. I'm like, yeah. Hey, hey, Drew. Yes, hey, Drew. No, I will not take your time. No, <laughs> don't blame you, dude. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I myself, I, I'm very similar to Simon in this. Like, I have the very strong, like, heavy 
music taste. Um, but saying that though, like a lot of my guilty pleasures are uh, very a lot of '90s, early 2000s pop. Um, mm, mm. I don't know. I think obviously because it's the music of my youth, I think that's probably why it pays such a strong love for me. But like, not really the boy band side of things, just sort of the obscurity sort of things. But um, uh, what else? I'm a big sucker for Maroon 5's first album, Songs About Jane. It's absolutely oh, yeah. brilliant. I have a mad hard on for Savage Garden. Um, yeah, Savage Garden. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah so, sure. so, like it's it's weird. It's like Savage Garden isn't really. It's Australian, so you should be proud, but it's also not. It's this weird line um, about whether you should be proud about it, but. Um, if you want to get like some specifics, uh, back to Christina Aguilera, Candyman, fucking brilliant song. Oh yeah, uh, so good. Miley Cyrus to see you again. I don't oh. know when I first heard. Miley that Cyrus is a big dope. one for me too. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Simply Red, I have a mad oh, yes. love for. Like oh, oh yeah. There's that song they do the the one where they break into the theme park. Is it that video clip? Uh, that. I love the thought of coming home to you, even though... Yeah, even though... We, yeah. No, we, no, we can, can make, make it. it. Yeah, that was a big yes, hit I around the turn. Yeah, that song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the one that goes unnecessarily high and then... Yeah, whatever down. that song is, that, that was a good one too. <laughs> yeah, there's there's three songs in particular. Yeah, Stars, Something Got Me Started, and I think that one's called Fairground. Um, and yeah, big... Music is, is such... It's, it's weird, like... Oh, it's... Music is tough to kind of have as guilty pleasure because, like, you kind of want to blast it. I guess now, these days, everyone uses more headphones than anything. But, like, mm. uh, my weekends in my house, like, on a Saturday, Sunday morning, it's blaring, like, pop music. Like, it's it's just unnecessary. Like, throwback Thursdays are my shit right now. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> keep, that th- keep them things thrown back, though. Let's jump into the films, the mm. movies. So, let's get back to start off with you again, Simon. Okay, now I this is actually beyond the guilty stage because I like I will stand by this, but to me the ultimate trifecta of most rewatchable films in similar genre, Ten Things I Hate About You, Mean Girls, The Devil Wears Prada. Oh, I'm so, I'm so yep. fucking grateful you said Mean Girls. Ah, <laughs> uh, Mean so Girls, good. Mean Girls is unquestionably one of the greatest movies ever fucking made. Mean <laughs> Girls is so good. Uh, I just like just yeah. like those three I found just so <laughs> quotable and rewatchable. Um, so before Mean Girls it came out, it was like me and my brothers and sisters would watch Ten Things I Hate About You like on VHS over and over again, and we can like quote the whole thing. And then yeah, obviously Mean Girls came out. It's just like it's just one of those great movies that you can if you have people around, no matter who they are, unless they're little kids, I guess you can just chuck it on, and it's it's just a, a people pleaser. Um, and it's it's good because it's before Lindsay Lohan went off the rails. So yeah, and like it's written and it's written by Tina Fey, one of the best exactly. female comedians and or writers in the industry. So mm. even even better. Yeah, that's that's me for movies. Paul, um, look, I don't have that many. Again, I mean, I don't watch that many movies to start with, so it makes it makes it a little bit harder. And I'm not going to lean into my. Some will say that. Pirates of the Caribbean should be on that list, but I, I I don't consider that I don't consider that a guilty pleasure. I consider it the best movie ever made. So fuck you. <laughs> but, um, oh. And Dash, who's listening in on this, is probably pissing himself right now. Um, so yeah, but Dash can't talk. He doesn't like Dark Knight. So <laughs> well, yeah, okay. That, everything goes down the toilet there. Uh, so I, I don't know, like the that happy uh, the the Adam Sandler era that kind of encompasses your your Happy Gilmores and your Billy Madisons and all those and I think like that's I could watch those things over and over and over again. But the thing is, I don't know whether they necessarily fall in that guilty pleasure thing because most people would agree that they're awesome. Yeah. 
They're very yeah. like commonplace. Everyone, everyone loves those films. Like, if you're like, oh, I'm a real big fan of Click, or I'm a real big fan. Oh, <laughs> uh, that, yeah. that's the thing. I think my that era for me is maybe a little bit longer. So yeah, Click mm. and those kind of start to fit into that mm. territory. I like um, Click too. I think yeah. it's more like don't mess with the Zohan onwards. Yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah. kind of where I start to hit a bit of a wall. So yeah. maybe maybe it's not all that guilty. Yeah, and that one where he played like is like him and then the female version of him. What what was that? Ah, uh, 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 it's got Al Pacino doing a rap. Yeah, have I haven't seen, seen sp- I haven't seen Spanglish yet. What's that like? I'm not sure. No I've idea. Kind of, I've kind of fallen off Adam Sandler a little bit. Yeah, there was yeah. I think we all have these days. Uh, oh, oh, a rain rain on me's. Oh yeah, right. oh, that's fuck. really good. That's fuck. Really good. That's a good movie. That is a good movie. Mm. And I was like, oh sweet, and then he goes back to doing like Netflix stuff. You're like, oh yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. Nothing else there, Padge. Is that is that? Yeah, all not really. Um, I mean, I feel like some of the other. I don't know what other entertainment mediums we're going to dive into. I've got a few ideas, and I think I've got some for those. But yeah, when it comes to movies, I just don't watch enough of them to necessarily mm. speak to too much. Okay. Oh, that's how about, how about you, Drew? Um. Are we doing like TV series and that separately to movies? Oh, separate, yeah. Separate. Yeah. yeah, or you can, if you don't have a movie, you can throw them in now and then we'll jump into tra- TVs. That's yeah. cute. Oh, well, I can do a movie. Um, Probably <clears throat> probably stuff from when I was like a kid, like I guess based on more nostalgia stuff. So going back and... I haven't done this in a while, but like going back and like re-watching um, like the Pokemon movie, Digimon movie, like stuff from when you're a kid. Uh, yeah, stuff. Okay. Stuff where I, it's like I, if you I cook, it's great. Yeah, I reckon it's great. Yeah, yeah, I think it is too. But um, it is a bit of a guilty pleasure just in the fact, like if you're, I guess, caught watching, it's like, what are you doing? You're watching <laughs> Pokemon from 2000. It's like, yes, yes, I am. Like, okay, then move along. That's fine. <laughs> as you as you were, keep going. Yeah. Yeah. I, the thing is, I, I feel like if someone came in and goes, "What do you watch a Pokemon movie for?" I'd like 300 stomp them out the door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like so myself said, Mean Girls is a big one for me. Uh, I'm a real, I, I'm a real sucker for Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Oh, so good. That movie is fantastic. As but is- I mean, come on, it, it's got Guy Pearce in it, like, yeah. and Hugo Weaving, like two of my favorite Australian and Terrence Stamp. Like, it's like the 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 three main stars of that film are brilliant. Uh, on, I, on top of that, I did have a little run where I was really, really digging. Uh, a lot of like the Baz Luhrmann movies, like Moulin Rouge and that sort of stuff, uh, and the Rome- mm. Romeo and Juliet. I'm a big sucker for as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's like because the whole point of this is the guilty is like if someone's come in, you're like, are you watching Moulin Rouge? To be like, mm. no, it was just, it was just on the telly. I hmm. the the thing is, finally, you should. Okay, I mentioned Christina Aguilera before. You mentioned Moulin Rouge. Do you remember that four? Singer lineup of the Lady Marmalade. Ah, uh, yeah, cover. Christina Aguilera, Maya, Little Kim, and Little Kim and Pink. Pink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember, like, I was what four, 13 turning fourteen at the time. I mean, we're talking a certain age here when you're. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, I'm just gonna play this over and over again. <laughs> this film clip is great. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so like, yeah, it's those sort of the movies. I don't know, like. Uh, so it's real tough because I know I brought this topic up. It's because I, I myself have, I've come to a point because I'm like old but not super old that I've stopped giving a fuck. So if someone's yeah, like, yeah. do you like Moulin Rouge? I'm like, yeah, Moulin Rouge is fucking dope. What are you going to say about yeah, it? Yeah. So I was just trying to see whether you guys fat, uh, sat in that, that sort of e- period as well. So Yeah. yeah, I, I reckon the same thing. We are of very much similar age groups aside from Drew. Um, and yeah, it's like, a, a lot <laughs> of us, you know, here. like, work, we, I believe we all have partners, we're all married, and we yeah. like, have kids. Like, where, like, who the fuck do we have to impress anymore? Exactly. Like, 
All right, let's run through TVs and then uh, what was the other one? Did you want a different the TV? One? And you, you you had games. Well, we can run through well. TVs games if you want. Okay, um, I've definitely got uh, something t- for TV. Ooh, okay, oh. well uh, we'll just go in the same order. I'll do yeah. TV for me. Any series of Degrassi, like I know there's like the <laughs> the original Degrassi that people love so much, but I f- I watched all of them, e- even like the super cheesiest ones. Next generation it, 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 was the shit. But like beyond that, when they had the ones where like this rich um, <coughs> boy falls in love with his rich sister or something, I'm like, whoa, they're touching incest <laughs> on this. This is crazy. Um, but yeah, I just and then it sort of turned into like High School Musical. They all just happened to be really good at playing music on top of a bus at the end penultimate episode i don't know weird <laughs> but um yeah i there's just something and, and you sort of seen them progress because particularly the later series they had they definitely there was a lot more um involvement with like um lgbt like relationships and everything so they've sort of progressed with the times as well which is good um but yeah ultimately y- they are cringy but there's just something so addictive about yeah. them so those and um we're going to talk about children later uh spoiler alert and basically through my son watching netflix kids i've managed to re-watch all the series of power rangers um nice. so from the i mean everyone holds such a you know the the mighty morphin on such a high pedestal and with good reason but i've watched all of them the the cringy turn of the century ones and then they where they are now is actually pretty good like the production value and yeah, everything so how, and, how is the power rangers going these days yeah so i would recommend in terms of newer series to watch is ninja steel and mega force um because mega force is actually really sick it's like the power rangers can lock into any of the forms and powers of all previous power rangers it's like the ultimate version of power rangers um, is and this the series where they had like literally like 200 of the fucking yes of a uh, running yeah, yeah yeah because they've got ninja steel then the next like super ninja steel then they've got mega force super mega force they've got super everything so um, yeah it's uh, basically the ones to avoid are the turn of the century ones involving uh, home and away actors uh, <laughs> fair <laughs> enough yeah they, they're, they're, that's when they really go off the rails they had one called RPM which is like a Mad Max style universe and just Really, really poor CGI. So I was about to say, with Home and Away actors, would they be going down the beach all the time? And that <laughs> <laughs> they even had one that was like uh, Power Rangers, like SPD, it's like Police Force. Uh, that was bad. <laughs> no, yeah. But but anyway, the the most the ones from the last five years are actually pretty good. So I remember Degrassi. That would come on uh, ABC when I was watching like five thirty on a yeah yeah something like that. Like I was there for like the kids shows. Can't remember what they were. Um, but it'll come up with a warning saying like mature audience yes. or whatever. And, and it, it was always uh, Rosie from Triple J that would do the warning. Yeah. Voiceover. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just sitting there like rubbing my hands like, oh yeah, here's some adult content. Like, yeah. <laughs> maybe not adult content when I'm thinking of uh, these days, but uh, yeah, <laughs> then the show would start. Different I'm like, perspective is- at the time. <laughs> no, it was though. Like, like the ones that came a bit after Next Generation were gnarly. This is one where this girl goes into the freaking like gym change room she tries to kill herself i was like holy shit there's like blood everywhere i was like this is mm. insane so i was yeah. at the age where like i didn't understand anything that was going on it was just like kids walking around school yeah <laughs> so they're talking about bully be- talking about being gay and that i'd like no idea what they're talking about yeah it was like just bullies drugs puberty like all yeah. that sort of stuff yeah so right, i think well, i'm up there now oh yeah give it up all right I'm going to avoid naming the show for a while here and feel free to interrupt at any point if you think I know, you know where I'm going with it. Oh, nice. Because I've been stewing on this one how I'd present this all day. I'm going for going for a thing here. God, this must be bad. Um, so, 
cast our minds back to 2016. Oh, no. This particular show has been on air for a few years at this point, and uh, whenever Angelica would go to watch it, and my wife, I think uh, would go to would go to watch said show. Um, I would pick up the PlayStation, take myself to another room, plug PlayStation in, start playing, and just shut it all out for however long the show happened to go for. Um, 2016 arrived, and so did PlayStation VR. And I thought, oh, great, I don't even have to move the PlayStation anymore. I can just lay back on the couch. It doesn't matter whether it's a VR game or not. I can just lay back on the couch, put cinema mode on, and just keep playing. And that was Dragon Quest Builders, and I'm going, great, this is awesome. I'll just lay back here and just keep playing. No problems. Awesome. And then all of a sudden, just, I guess the game, it's not a big, loud, boombastic sort of thing. There's there's plenty of quiet moments. So you'd start hearing things from the TV screen that's now, you know, a couple of meters away. And I'm starting to just pop the goggles up a little bit, having a bit of a look at the thing every now and then, till, till all of a sudden I'm now basically watching said show every time a new series begins, and much to my disgust, I'm trying to wean myself off with the uh, current I feel series. This has to be a reality show in some sense. Is it is a reality show of some sort. Uh. Um, any ideas at all? Is it Married at First Sight? It is. It is an ongoing series. It can, I think it's like Married at First Sight, The Block. Uh, my kitchen rules. One kitchen of the rules. Yeah. Not yet. Uh, the show ooh. is the what Bachelor. Chi- the oh, Bachelor. Oh, oh. Uh, it disgusts me. So the <laughs> the most recent because uh, they've now got like three bloody variants. They've got their Bachelor, Bachelorette, and this this other one, Bachelor in Paradise or something. That one mm. I've decided. That's where I'm putting the foot down. I'm not doing this shit anymore. <laughs> I can't guarantee that I won't get sucked in when the new season of the uh, Bachelor or Bachelorette comes on, especially when the, the nudges start coming from the other half. But <laughs> so, so far, the, the latest season of Bachelor in Paradise or whatever it is that's has started, and I've gone the old school. I've taken the PlayStation. I've walked out of the room. Do you and Angelica sort of have a debrief at the end of the episode? Like, oh my God, I can't believe this person did this. Do you go um, that, hard, you that hard? It'd be an ongoing conversation throughout the course of the episode. Um, and then there's this this Facebook page or something, or I think it's a website, but it, basically everything just gets shared on the Facebook page anyway. Punky or something like that that does like a recap oh, of yeah. the episode, which is meant to be like a big piss take version of it. Um, and I'll give them credit. They're pretty funny. But she's now like, even though the decision has been made, I'm not watching Bachelor in Paradise. She's still tagging me in the post for these Punky recaps. <laughs> and and I, keep, I keep fucking watching them. Uh, the thing is because I I I nearly put down um, Vampire Diaries and Pretty Little Liars um, as as a a good because I've watched the entire I've watched them all but I genuinely like lost interest halfway through to even put them down as the pleasure side of it so that's why I didn't do it but Mm. that was much a thing like Pretty Little Liars started and and, and we're sitting there and and, and my wife would put it on and she's like oh yeah yeah I'm like this is so freaking lame and then by Three episodes in, I was like, oh, yeah, but I wonder who, like, this mysterious character is. <laughs> well, and I that's find, when it starts, yeah. I find <laughs> that TV's a harder one because these things are ongoing and they're, they're easy to consume. Like, even when, when it's commonly acknowledged that a show has gone to shit and I cast my mind back to way before The Bachelor, say, True Blood, for example, mm. where people... That was, like, the one of the, the shows for... I don't know, maybe it's first three years, and I jumped on after a little while after I heard that there was some hype and I watched it and I caught myself up. And then by about season four, it just fell off a cliff. And yet, I was hooked and I couldn't cut the cord. Mm. Also featured... Until the very last season. Hey? Also featured a home and away actor. 
Well, that, that doesn't help the show. There you go. In my mind. Uh, <laughs> the, only, the problem I had with with True Blood was that everyone was like, oh, you know, because this is the, the right in the heat of Twilight. And it's like, it's a show about vampires, but it's better than Twilight. None it's of that romantic southern. shit. I'm like, okay, I'll give it a watch it. No, oh, it's just Twilight with fucking. Like, yeah. Yeah. it's literally the same shit. It's not even that exciting. With, like, with much sex, more violent. With, with sex, more same sex, humidity. It. Humidity. <laughs> it's all like, southern, sooky, and like, all that sort of yeah, everything's <laughs> just damp. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, yeah. I'm Hashtag moist. Pretty glad that I end up pulling the plug on the final season. I've, I should have may as well just seen it out mm. at that point, but oh, I didn't. Oh, good. You've done good well, Paul. You've done well. But, but some of those shows, <laughs> they try and they try and wrap up the ending so obviously quickly. Like, that happened with Vampire Diaries. That happened Pretty Little Lies, and it was just ridiculous. Like, the final seasons were half the episode amount, and then just random plot lines, and I'm like, yeah, it's, yeah it's you're, you're like really the, trying to ride out the contract. Yeah, the, the, the TV station has thrown him a bone and said, look, we were going to cancel you, but we'll give you a shortened season instead. Yeah, yeah. Um, because we've got um, this little I, gap I, in our roster. I guess Ryan had games down as as a last scene. Quickly for me, I don't I don't play enough games to have a guilty pleasure. I can't really know of a game that I'd be guilty of playing because it's like I'm happy to play kids games if you know what I mean. So That's I don't fine. know if anyone has anything that locks in with us. Oh, sorry. Before we jump into games, Drew, did you have any TV? Yeah. So mine mine takes me back to 2016 as well. I was actually my girlfriend and I were up a we're going for a, tr- a trip up the east coast, and every uh, Airbnb we went to we got out the iPad and uh, we would watch um, Married at First Sight I forgot what season oh. it was <laughs> and at first it was, it was just like alright here's the iPad um, do what you want to do with it don't really care I'll you know, watch YouTube on my phone or something but gradually each episode I started like, looking over <laughs> a bit more doing this the sounds thing. very familiar to me yeah yes. so that, that, I, I thought you were, were going to steal this one Paul um, so yeah I eventually got into that and started watching nearly every goddamn episode but um, <laughs> thankfully the show has become shit enough for me not to be interested in at all like, and yet it's more popular than ever before yeah like I, I enjoyed it how they just had two people together and you know sort of see how they go I, I kind of I kind of like that um, but now it's like kind of like Big Brother they're trying to uh, bring on the drama and all that crap and uh, well, I thought so you were going to say that that your girlfriend was watching Farmer Wants a Wife and then winking at you <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty funny, actually. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, myself, uh, I had a couple. So there was a period of time where I used to uh, binge watch uh, Seven Mate on a Wednesday night. That was my my thing. I would kick the night off with Pimp My Ride. Then I would oh, watch yeah. uh, <laughs> hardcore porn. Yeah. And people, all these people trying to sell shit in Detroit. Then yeah. I would go to. Um, You're trying to cover that up for with the TV show, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'd, I'd have a break. I'd watch my. That's an, that's enough. I'd go actually watch hardcore porn. Oh, have well, a rest. What was the other one? <laughs> Come back. Those porn shows are great. I love what about the one where they go to people's houses? What's that called? Uh, American um, Pickers. That was the that yeah. was my night. That's my night. Great. That was good. I like my that, ride that to good, American yeah. Pickers, and I'm like, ah, I can go to. No swamp now. people. Oh, and swamp people. Yeah, swamp people was in the middle. Yeah, yeah. Swamp, swamp people is fucking amazing. Everyone watch that show to be like, oh, these people are less than you. I'm like, they are way stronger than I am. They are just staggeringly better people than me. Like I couldn't do any of this. Um, but speaking of ones influenced by wives, uh, my wife seems to almost religiously watch Gilmore Girls. Mm. And when mm. we, when we first like get together, I'm like, this show is the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my life. Like I'm I'm a fan of you know I'm a big Kevin Smith fan so and. 
Quentin Tarantino. It's a dialogue. I got no problem with dialogue. But this is just in How can an entire town be this witty? It doesn't make fucking sense. How can what? How can two people drink this much coffee? And then as the more I'm watching, I'm like, oh, oh. I'm like, oh, Rory, you made a mistake. You should have been with Dean. Why are you with Logan? Logan is the worst. And like yeah. Lorelai jumping between like between Christopher and some other jerks. He should have been with Luke the whole time. And then here I am at the end, like at the uh, the Netflix series when Luke and Lorelai get married. I'm fucking balling my eyes out. <laughs> you know, I'm just I'm having a like, Gilmore <laughs> Girls has totally won me over. Yeah, like, <laughs> like there's I, passion there. I can't stand Melissa McCarthy. But she's no, no, brilliant in that show. Girls. Yeah, yeah, because because she's really became typecast after yeah. that when she started doing all these movies, and that is like the well, she did Mike and Molly, like, and then she became that character. Yeah, forever. yeah, but in that show, yeah, she was good for sure. And and I'm I was watching it on TV as it was coming out. I, I remember when it launched, and um, and and that introduced that uh, Milo Ventum guy um, <laughs> yeah. who was the lead character in Heroes. Um, went on oh, to become yeah. that. So yeah. Um, I certainly remember that. I, I was fine with watching because I was at an age where my siblings, like my sisters, were watching it too. So they did have that, re like they brought it back, and I didn't watch it then though. So yeah, the the return, like the Netflix uh, redo of like the final final season, it's fucking good. It's really good. oh okay, it was all right, yeah. interesting. Yeah, like it's it's we'll get Gilmore Girls deep right now. So the the guy <laughs> that played her father, he passed away between the series so they actually yeah. use that as a key plot point in the new series oh mm. it's exceptional heart-wrenching absolutely heart-wrenching oh and a not so like a not so guilty pleasure because everyone watches it the new queer eye series oh that yeah show oh no queer eye's awesome phenomenal yeah, it's awesome. yeah I've, awesome. I haven't watched it but yeah. i've heard good things if you just want to like cry consistently for a good couple of hours just watch that show oh yeah, it's yeah, always happy tears though like there's nothing but good that comes out of that show that show yeah. is genuinely brilliant yeah, it's um, good. I like it. But yeah, so we touched on games just quickly a little bit there, Simon. So you're like, you're pretty open to any game, yeah. really. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So, so am I if the game has an easy platinum. <laughs> oh, that's a big one. I'd like, I, I, yeah. I, it's just uh, that's, the that's my thing. And Dylan's like, listening, I'm sure. So he he knows full well what this this like condition, this affliction of, is like. The hard bit about this question is, I'm like, is uh, how can you get guilty pleasure games like you guys being more gamers you tell me like i don't understand it's i think it's more of a game that you go back constantly to and something you may not be super proud of as well like back in my ps1 days look i'll admit i played a lot of mary kate and ashley olsen games because my sister had ah okay and like there's some brats games that are apparently really really good uh, i've heard uh (laughs) really um, really really good yeah, like they're really good. I think that's sort of like it stems from from that. Now, I was surprised that Paul wasn't being like, you know, I only my guilty pleasure games only star Shane Warne and from the year ninety nine. Uh, no, because cricket. Shane Warne Cricket ninety nine is widely considered to be the best cricket game. That's not even that's not even me casting Mayo on this one. That's 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 a thing. Mm. Um, but no, no, for me, it's it's the whole platinum thing. So it's not a particular game. It's just. If that game has an easy plat, especially if it's uh, cross-play on the, the Vita and you can get them on both platforms, ooh, I'll spend that six or seven bucks on that steaming pile of shit just so that I can get it twice. I, I'd love um, it if he was talking about the Bratz game and he's talking. And there's like a like a, a, a hairstyling section. He's like, if that has an easy plat, mate, if they, if they release a Bratz game that's got a dirt dirt cheap that's dirt Where's cheap and has an easy plat, I'll do it. 
Um, but no, it's your, my name is Mayo's and Jack and Jill DX and all that sort of bullshit. Mm. That no uh, one my name is Mayo was a great experience. Play. Don't you ever, <laughs> ever down it, mate. I remember I, I was like... I was going to drop off and tap that Mayo glass at me time. <laughs> my girlfriend went to bed and I was like, yeah, I'll be there in a second. And all, all you can hear is... And there's me just like lay back on the couch just... Pressing the button, and you and you think, you, yeah, <laughs> you, you that, think that, you'd that sounded like that. it was going to go really like uh, one direction, and it took another direction. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Um, you think you think you'd do that while listening to like a podcast or YouTube or something, but no, I was just sat there tapping that button. I was determined. I was, yeah, you need to be focused because you've got to change the costumes after a while, otherwise you, you do, don't get anything yeah. for it. Get that trophy guide up. It's a real hard hard game, so you need that trophy guide just in case. Um, what about you, Drew? What makes your list? Um, this, this one's actually a pretty easy one for me. There's a game called Spikes on iOS. I don't know if you guys have played it, but you play as like a little bird and you just tap the screen to make it look, like basically hop up. You can do unlimited hops, but you get a point for each side of the screen it touches, and but you've got to avoid the spikes on each each side of the screen. And uh, as you get more points, it, the spikes become harder to avoid than that. And I'll just like sit there on the toilet and my craps might take like <laughs> half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm just there playing this goddamn game. Oh no! I, I thought that he meant like they were literally just inching out. Just tapping, just tapping. It's like that South Park mini game where you go, you got like tap and just like get the turn out. Yeah, it's like every little bit of exertion as he taps, just a little extra, a little extra. Then you lose in your frustration. You go, oh, plop. Oh, it disappears back in. Yeah. I guess I had a mobile game as well. This certainly is crap then. Pokemon Go. But I just cut the cord in the last week. Oh, you did? Why did you cut I the cord? I finally decided I've had enough. You've had enough? Just, it's just not doing it for me anymore. Okay. I, I, I think it's and probably going to link in pretty well to one of our upcoming topics, but I just don't mm. have the time anymore. Mm-hmm. I love how he says he cuts the cord as if there was cords involved. <laughs> I mean, my phone's sometimes plugged into charger and I'll play it. He played uh-huh. so much yeah, he had okay. to charge his phone, that's what it was. Yeah, uh, yeah but, well, to be fair, back in the day, it was walking around... Wherever the place was, I'd drive forty-five minutes to an hour into Melbourne CBD, and then just walk around with a battery charger in, and yeah, with no, like no, large groups of randoms yeah. and all that GPS catch them all. Is a, is a uh, battery drain. Um, so <laughs> but, you reckon this this wraps up the topic? Uh, or? Pre- actually, yeah. So I, I pretty much jump on the same thing. Mine are a lot of like farming sims, but farming sims are becoming more popular than ever right now. So it's not quite so guilty. But before we before we do go out, we'll wrap this up with one thing. Why? Do you guys consider these your guilty pleasures? Why were you felt the need to be shameful about these things you like? Because I cringe while um, I'm saying it. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> my, the mine shiver goes more, up my spine. Yeah, <laughs> my, mine is primarily with the music stuff just because there's like a certain level of, you know, what people know that I listen to or whatever and then dropping in something like that. But as you said, the, the older you get, you kind of like less fucks you give. Yeah. So. Um, Movies-wise, though, the ones I named, I'm, they're not even really... They may have previously been guilty pleasures, but straight up, I'm like, no, those are dope movies. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's go. that perception thing often. Well, because, yeah, well, you, I assume you wouldn't wouldn't like to hear about all the students at your school pads that are, uh, you know, like, he likes this song. <laughs> I mean, if, if, if they start me, I'll go back both the battles, but... <clears throat> so... <laughs> They know, uh, they know I'm one not to be crossed. Okay. Alrighty, guys. Now, I'm an avid listener of the podcast Yeah G'day, and they have a recurring segment called Dadvice, 
So the listeners have questions and then the podcasters provide advice dad style. So moving on to our next topic, the resident spring chicken, Drew, has a dad advice query for us. So take it away, Drew. Um, Yeah, so I come up with this topic because I am um, a couple of years younger than you guys and I don't have children, whereas all three of you guys do. And I was just curious to sort of find out how, um, since having kids, you know, what's changed, how has it affected your time um, as far as creating your podcast, gaming, listening to music, doing the things you enjoy and all that type of thing. Because in some ways, I guess, um, well, I'm really looking forward to having kids, but at the same time, it's kind of like, oh, you know, there's all these things I want to do and oh, I don't know if I'll be able to fit them in then. But um, like one of my my best mate, he's, he's just had his uh, second kid and he... Uh, he seems to be all right, you know, still doing all the things he does, but he's uh, a lot happier because he's got his family and everything. So, yeah, hmm. I was just uh, curious uh, what your guys' circumstances were. Hmm. Well, I reckon I'll let the, uh, the, the, the single kid uh, guys go first. Well, let's go the newest first because, like, my, well, my little one's two, two and a half, and, and uh, Paul's is, like, you know, eight months, six months? Like six, six months now. Mm. Yeah. All right. Okay, Pick Paul James. Paul. Um. So I guess, yeah, there's probably a big difference between, say, someone who's got a six-month-old versus someone who's got someone that's two years, for example. Um, at this particular point for me, it hasn't changed that much. It's just changed when I'm doing things. Yeah. Um, I would do, I mean, as you kind of highlighted, as you introduced me before, like I'm covering a, I'm doing, trying to do a shit ton of stuff on top of my normal working hours. Uh, for years, I'd go into work. Um, and I'd be slamming away on the keyboard, like in every little gap between classes or recess or lunch, I'm writing up articles, I'm planning out things. And that still kind of goes on because I, I use those hours the same as before. It's, it's, kind of, it's really that slot from when I get home at about 4.35, whatever it happens to be, through to about 7.30 when Noah goes to sleep. That's kind of now just blocked out completely for all things family. Yeah. Um, which is not something necessarily... Like, if something had to come up, if we were trying to tee up a podcast recording, I'd, yeah, okay, sure, whatever. You just go, you guys work out the time and I'll be there for that. Whereas now I have to keep in mind, okay, hang on, I've got to at least make sure... Because otherwise I'm not present. Between my work hours and um, and then anything else I might try and do, I'm basically absent the whole time. So I'm trying to make sure that I block out some time. It's bad enough that tomorrow night, the day that we record this, I've got to disappear into Melbourne CBD to do a dev diary interview at about 5.30 so I know that I'm going to get back basically at bedtime. I'm going to miss everything for the day. Well, I'm on school holidays at the moment, but yeah. ordinarily, like, that would just wipe out my whole evening with them. So yeah. Do you feel like it sort of helps you... It's more just how I'm adjusting the time. Yeah. Do you feel like it helps you like sort of plan out your um, guess family time? Whereas before you might have been like, oh, yeah, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm working, then I'm doing this podcast, I'm doing this video, but like you weren't... Um, giving your partner enough time, but now you've got your kids. You're like, all right, you know, there's yeah. I, I definitely wasn't. Get, um, that was, and I think I spoke about this maybe the last time that I was on. Yeah. Um, some assembly required. That yeah, there was there was a bit of an issue for the both of us for a while there because I was basically just leaning so heavily into all the other stuff that I was doing that it was really coming at the expense of the relationship. Um, and I acknowledged it was an issue, but I couldn't seem to. I don't know whether it was I was too stubborn or I felt like I'd improve things but I really hadn't whatever the scenario was it just meant that things weren't really developing or changing too much whereas this scenario has really forced a change of mindset um, yeah. upon me which is I think it's been great for the both of us um, looking looking over my shoulder to see if there's anyone in the room going 
yeah. not <laughs> or, or just give me the, the death stare, whatever it is, but no, no one's here yet. So we'll that's see. something that's changed, paranoia. Yeah, yeah, look, <laughs> constantly looking over the shoulder. Um, so then in terms of the stuff that I do now, the only, the only difference is, and I'll be curious to see how this goes because, again, linking to another topic, we're busy trying, buying and selling houses at the moment, so when we get into a bigger place, that'll, that might change the scenario a little bit, but we're in this situation at the moment where probably the last three months... Um, for for a period there, Noah, our, our now six month old, he was co sleeping with us, and he would kind of push around a little bit, which would mean Angelica would push down. It's kind of the old roll over, roll over, and then Dad fell out thing. Yeah. Um. So, but basically, I end up for the good of everyone, I end up leaving um, the bed and just shacked up in our study. Um. Yep. And that had been the case for a good month, month and a half, maybe even two. Um. And then it's only recently we've started transitioning him over to the cot, but now Angelica's left. And she's using that mattress in that room to kind of help transition him in, him in. So now I'm back in the bedroom, but I'm on my own again. Hmm. So it's kind of, it's kind of meant that all those, um, whether it's playing a game for review or like I'll record the inside and I'll come into my bedroom and I just set up the lights and it's just like, yeah, sorry guys, it looks like shit, but that's life. Um, <laughs> I'm kind of still getting all those things done. I mean, even as we, the, my computer is sitting on my bedside table, I'm using the little drawer on it that's got the mic on it. And then we I won't even you had talk the, about. You had a photo of that there. up, like a like a fair fair while ago now. But yeah, pretty impressive little setup just for um your bedside drawer. <laughs> it works though. Yeah, like I've yeah. I've got to I've got to improvise at the moment, and I mean our situation's very close to changing, as we'll talk about shortly. But um, it's yeah, I think it's a little bit hard to gauge for me at the moment because at the moment I've still got so much independence because of the fact that we're transitioning across, but eventually. It'll be back. Uh, it'll be back to two of us in this room, and all of a sudden, I can't just use the PlayStation until one AM in the morning with the blaring lights disturbing people from sleeping. So, yeah. um, who's who's got the next oldest lot of kids? So we sort of move up the timeline. <laughs> That's uh, uh, Betson. Yeah, I guess me. So yeah. yeah, I got my little man James. He's two, or just shy of two and a half. Um, so what's re- what's changed? Uh, I get hit in the groin a lot more. Oh, <laughs> a lot. that's happened. That happened today. Uh, it happened the other week at the shops. They're just uh, at the right height, I guess. Just a bam. Well, he's just got he's just got limbs and just everywhere. Like yeah. um, he got me the last time I came over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like today, like his um, Ryan told him to get. You him. laughed, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So obviously, because my son's like, yeah, just over two, he's very spongy of everything that's around it, and because I'm watching a lot of wrestling, he's picked up on that. And he's like, he enjoys the piss farting around on on like the bed and all that sort of stuff, and he calls it dus. So today he goes, <laughs> "Daddy dus," I'm like, "All right, let's, let's let's go rough tumble on the bed," and within like three minutes, like, ha, 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 and I pick him up, and his legs just flail and go. And my life flashed before my eyes. I can't breathe oh, properly. You can see it in slow die. motion. Yeah, everything's in slow motion. He's like, as I drop him onto the pillow. I can imagine him as a teenager in like the you know, or adult club scene. But dus, 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 dus. <laughs> <laughs> and the other day... Like, and he just spear tackles some bloke. And, <laughs> <laughs> well, and now because he's, you know, two and a half, he's up running around causing absolute chaos. Uh, we were at uh, Good Guys buying a new washing machine because I was on ours one ate shit the other day. Um, and he just doesn't be still. He's just everywhere and you can't stop him like we're trying to look at you know do washing machine things and he's just anywhere that isn't a washing machine and <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's surely absolute... he's near the tvs he's just gravitated towards the tv screens and he's just running oh he did fan he found cars but oh cars and then ran away again 
It's a chaos child. <laughs> um, in terms of like what other things that have changed in my life, um, uh, content creation has drastically slowed and, and altered. But saying that, when he was born, the original idea was that we would slow down what we did, but we hit a real big upswing at that time of sort of like growth and like good growth and steady growth. So like we can't kind of stop that now. Yeah. So yep. we kept pushing through and pushing through and and now that we've kind of like we've hit a like a comfortable point that we're like oh we can step it away a little bit. Um, to be fair, some of my favorite feet, uh, FTP moments are when James comes in. That's true. Like I I, I have had to come to <laughs> the understand like the understanding that I have my little stream invader that invades. He's the talent, mate. Oh my shit! Mm. It's a really good um, Paw Patrol uh, stream you <laughs> did too. Yeah, yeah. I, I said like I've tried, I bring him in. We do Paw Patrol together. Um, he's really into Toy Story right now. It's watching Toy Story eight hundred times a day, which I'm very happy with. Um, but like I've I found changes in me. I'm a lot more emotional now than I've ever been before. Mm, I do like, hear that. It just yeah. it just opens up your world in a different way. Like, um, but yeah, no, like you just become. Yeah, it's 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 hard to explain in exact words, but like I've always been a relatively emotional person. Before, like I met my partner and got married, all that sort of stuff. I was I was very like emotionless. Some may call that depression, and probably true. But like, yeah, once I got once all these sort of things came place, I'm just like a hot mess now. Like whenever I just think <laughs> about my kid, I'm like, <sighs> and like you know. <laughs> Uh, like you know, in the morning when he when he says bye to me at the door as I drive away, and oh. you know he feels the actually no the thing is he feels the need to push the car out of the garage. He feels that's helping, so he gives me he gets to the front of the car, gives me a thumbs up, and then pretends to push the car out of the driveway. But that's him, that's him just oh. playing dust with the car, right? Yeah, so that's the thing. But then saying that, speaking of the dust though, like sometimes I'll come home, like, you know, I come home from work, and you know you think. Oh, the kid's going to be like, hi, daddy. I'm so happy to see you. I get out of the car. The, the garage door closed behind me. It's pitch black. The door to the house opens. And then this is like two foot silhouette. And it just goes, deuce. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, my kid wants to fight me. <laughs> yeah, he's just, he just sitting there and you hear, you hear deuce. Yeah, I'm like, like, I'm, like, like I'm just Ram sign soundtrack comes yeah. in. <laughs> I'm gonna fucking die. <laughs> but saying that though, it's even like the first thing in the morning. It's like you know, because he he got super sick a, a while ago and was teething, and and for that reason he kind of slept in our bed. And for the better part of like six plus months now, he's he's become a co-sleeper. And um, I don't really mind if he, if he gets comfort in that and he wants snugs. I don't really mind. But like saying that, I wake up and like I've had no bed. I've got no blanks. I'm like fuck this stupid fucking piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then I you know get up, have my shower, whatever. I come, I, you know, I go out to get you know, get dressed, whatever. I walk out and I hear this. Oh hi, daddy. And it all becomes cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just takes that one little thing of like they might be really playing up, being real naughty or whatever. And then like it's either when you when you catch them sleeping or like they just do that real joyous, innocent mm. kind of like oh hi, and you're just like. Man, you are too cute. Like, yeah. <laughs> like yes, like I, I'm a large man. I'm not a very nimble man. I spent like an hour yes yesterday just running up and down the house with it. I'm like I'm dying internally. Like, <laughs> but for him that was the greatest thing. So in terms, of, yeah, it, what changed? I, uh, it's it's super lame, but like I have I have become a better person because of my child. Yeah, that's the yeah. change that I. No, that's that, that is true. That is true. Yeah. 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 That's what I'm hoping for become a better yeah. person because right now you're a piece of <laughs> shit yeah I know <laughs> 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 
who thinks he's so goddamn sexy. (laughs) (laughs) Look at me. I have all the time in the world to watch Married at First Sight. Look at my chiseled abs and my dark nipples. On camera, he's real modest about his looks, but geez, guys, when we we stop recording, this guy... I don't, I the don't number of mirrors it, that he comes bringing out. <laughs> yeah. You know what this world needs? More me. More me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, Simon? Uh, yeah. Um, okay, so for me, the ability to get your shit together is yeah. just so much better once you become a parent. Like beforehand, and you didn't have the responsibilities and stuff, you might be a bit like, oh, yeah, you know, kind of like, yeah, I might clean this bit up here or whatever. But boom, when you're a parent, you're like, cleanliness, like, the floor looks like crap, there's crumbs everywhere, sweep it up. Boom! Like vacuums, yeah, and you just you just instantly just become so. At least for me, anyway, so much more responsible in in that way. And like the things of you know, oh man, we got to get got to um, be up at X time to get the kids ready, and 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 we, you know they got to have a shower or whatever, and then you got to get them changed, and we got to get how, all their bags together and ones? stuff. Oh yeah, so I have a three year old and a five year old. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so yeah, you just you're just so much more organised in in that way. And also because of that, the realization of how pathetic the things you complained about were beforehand, like when you're before children, like you've been like, I'm so tired. And then like, when you have kids, you're just like, and, and obviously there comes a lack of sleep and everything. And you're just like, no, nah, okay, well, yeah, we power through. Yeah, it's like, we well, keep like going. when you worked, when you were working part time and studying. You're like, oh, I worked fucking fourteen hours yep. this week. Ugh. Yeah, <laughs> and then it's like they're like, I had a full time work. Uh, I'm now doing two podcasts, and uh, oh, my kid just shit themselves. That's exciting. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's put it all so together. Like, so it's all content. so so that too. Um, uh, going with all of that, so you know, yes, I would agree. Yes, you can become a better person in that regard as well as obviously just the care you have and the protection you have for your children but also going along with that is the rise stress levels um too of course you i do find myself unnecessarily snapping and stuff and i feel bad afterwards and it's all just it, it'll it'll accumulates you know a, a lack of sleep trying to get stuff done interruptions blah 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 but really when you have the realization that all they want to do is just be with you and sit with you and watch something and play and that and you're just like man this thing that i was so concerned about and doing on the computer doesn't matter Mm, yeah like it really can wait so there's that level of just yeah yeah the perspective that they give you so um i mean i'm doing uh more than ever in terms of just like my own hobbies involving podcasting and that now with kids but i remember when i first started apple slice um, we already had a child and my son was about three months old and he was a, uh, a very testing child at that age uh, compared to my daughter. And I suddenly decided to do a podcast. And so those first several months were really hard in terms of um, trying to lock in the time for recording and trying to like justify the fact that, hey, this is my passion, this is what I want to do versus the fact that, oh, yeah, now I'm going to leave my wife with this screaming baby. So... Yeah, those those times and, and you power through and, and, and kids grow up and they develop and they get better. And they go through stages, you know, they're sleeping, they're not sleeping. Now he's three-year-old, so he's prime naughtiness. Um, I, I took him away on a trip to, to Brisbane. That certainly had its moments, but ultimately it was cool. He got, got to go see see family, see friends. I, I even went around Buddy's house with him. Um, so, yeah, that, that, that was cool. And, yeah, it's just, uh, it's, it's one of those things that, even in the thick of it at the time, if you think, man, I don't want to have to try and, like, they really played up on this flight or they really did this or, 
yeah, it's really hard to wrangle them. They're running everywhere, like you said, Ryan. You know, through the store. Um, at the end of the day, you, you you just see them and they've and they've had an awesome day and you've taken them out and they've you know fallen, they've crashed, they've fallen asleep, and the next day all they can talk about is that thing that you took them mm-hmm. to. It's like he's talking about SeaWorld for the next week. He's talking about going to Sky Zone, which is like indoor trampolines. You know, it's um, he's talking about SciTech. Uh, you know, all this dinosaur stuff. It's those things that you're like, man, that's totally worth it. Mm. Yeah. No, it, it's, it's, those little things are brilliant. Um, uh, yeah, because there's an example like recently was watching WrestleMania and that started super early. So I got up super early. He was still asleep. He wanders out in his jammies, my, my little boy, rubs his eyes and goes, ah, oh, oh, wrestling, and oh. came and sat on my lap and we watched the, the kickoff show together. And he yeah. ate his toast and he like... Those little things are fucking brilliant. Like I don't, it's amazing. I'm sure you. Well, you know, you have a five and a three year old, and like mm. I don't remember a time when I didn't have him. Yes. Yeah. And like I, I can't even imagine what my life was like before that. Now. Hmm. Because it is weird if you ever have someone have both. What well, for me in my uh, instance have both the kids, and you're like. Great, you know, me and my wife, we can go to the movies. There's so much room for activities, you know what I mean? And you're just kind of like, like, what do we do? Like, There's this weird thing about driving a car without kids in the back. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something you're like, man, like, what do we do with all this time that we have right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We just sit around doing nothing. Like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, like, we, li- we literally did that once. We like finally got the kids off our hands. We went to like the local plaza, grabbed a boost juice, and then we're like, uh, I guess we'll go home now. Like, it was just literally like, I don't, usually we have kids to entertain and you know, take to the playground and stuff like that. And we end up just going back home and being like, well, this kind of sucks. So oh. <laughs> no, don't get me wrong. Having a time without kids is fantastic. But well, in that situation, it was strange. Yeah. yeah. Well, we've only, we've only had one kind of stint without Noah so far. It was, well, I, I took, I took Angelica to go see Fantastic Beasts when it came out. And that was just a weird feeling for the both of us as we're driving away. We've left him with my mum and we kind of, the whole time driving away, we could we could just reschedule. Yeah. You know, yeah. And this little thing in the back of your head, but going, Paul, don't do it. You just spent $90 on these gold class tickets. Go, go, go. <laughs> but at the same time, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of this nagging feeling. Like, oh, I don't really want to be away. And yeah, it, it took a while. And I mean, Ryan, you told me little bits and pieces about what things were like for you uh, when you first started returning to work afterwards. And they were in my head mm. um, when I first went back to work afterwards. And I, oh, I, for context, I felt that. I had, like a that. Mas- I had a massive breakdown when I had to go back to work. I did, I, I had, I did not do well. Um, oh, so you had like a set amount of time off. Yeah, like yeah. Paternity. I, yeah, I, um, I had a real rough patch uh, after my son was born. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's sorry. I was I wasn't trying to flush oh, no, no, that no, no, out. No, 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 because I'm 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 very open. I did a video about it on the channel and and everything. Oh, yeah, good point. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it is. It's great to share these things though, like especially when it and people providing a platform like pushing through blue with Dame PV yeah. and that. It's 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 awesome. I think we need to have, you know, yeah, more of these like discussions and stuff about different stuff that that people go through. Um, I mentioned on mine about just how tough it was on our marriage with our second child because our first child was such a dream child so um yeah it's um and i think we can all learn and help each other from that so yeah drew not trying to scare you away at all um obviously it it could go any possible way but ultimately um it is very rewarding and there are sacrifices to make but yeah yeah just just out of curiosity are you talking about like um 
the struggles being complications with the birth and that? Or are you talking about just um, also um, sort of about so like adjusting what, to like a, a brand new human? In yeah, your life? I, I think it was kind of like we had um, everything went so well with our first child that you really had those expectations that the second would go that way, and when it went completely opposite. And then you've flown away and then you have to like oh, go up there and you've spent a week up there and you have to drive back home. It's like a six hour drive with a brand new baby and he's just really unsettled and just everything about it is co- the complete opposite of what you're used to. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the complete lack of sleep and obviously the fact I have to go back to work and we're constantly arguing about the fact that it's like, hey, I'll go to work so I can pay for everything but then she's like i don't want you to go to work because i don't want to be left alone with him and yeah, yeah. just all that all those sorts that first year of just all those arguments and everything that, um yeah, well, yeah like big, you talk oh sorry go, go on. on no no go for it well because uh, the, the, the big thing is about those expectations of what of when you do become a parent like what what is it that you have to face like you know you become responsible for a whole new person and what does that mean and and you know those sort of things are just it, it drastically like alters how you think and then there's on top of that when there's that uh like i myself had a lot of resentment to my workplace uh because of like they're taking away taking me away from my kid mm, mm. um you know and that and like having that doesn't help and then there's the, then there's the additional stresses that you know that you, you and your partner go under or you know it's um it's an interesting experience mm, like mm. Yeah. It, it's, it was one of those things because i was talking about you know the about how pathetic it is the things you complain about beforehand about sleep like particularly with my son i was i was just doing all the night stuff because i knew how troublesome he was during the day but i still was going to work and you're literally like yeah getting up like eight to 12 times a night and then going to work and you're just like man i've just got to power through this and and you do it and in in the thick of it you're like man this has gone completely how i didn't envision and then time goes by and you look back at it and you're like, man, we made it through that yeah. and we're actually stronger because of it. So, Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's also put me in a different place with my with my wife, uh, Amelia. So she, or Millie, uh, she is like, it's brilliant. Like if anything, by her, I had no idea. Of course, for us, for, for us, we never knew that we could be parents. So that was a huge thing. Like uh, we were, we had medical documents saying it wasn't possible. Um, mm, yeah. So on top of that, then being forced to, I guess forced because it was a surprise pregnancy, to have to take all this on, and and especially my wife, who you know we had we had an understanding when we got together when we were getting married. You know we couldn't have a kid, and that's what that life meant. So for her to be able to adapt to that lifestyle and continue to be a, a brilliant mother um, is just the the adoration i think is the right word i'm looking for admiration mm. for my wife is is yeah it's huge no, mm. it, awesome. it was definitely yeah. the same is that people people don't expect that as well i mean obviously you know don't want to get too medical or anything but say drew yourself and your girlfriend when you do get to that stage you don't have any idea uh, at least as far as i know of of like who if there are any problems involving you know pregnancy and, and trying to Get, you know have a child and stuff and um yeah i knew very little of that beforehand and we got married and then literally yeah, it was like a five-year process to to get our first child and mm-hmm. we i remember we were just so thankful like oh my god we finally made it that's what made having a second child so bizarre because it's like we really should be so thankful that we're able to have a second child but it which is causing all this stress between us and stuff and um and that's what i felt i really kicked myself down about because i was like man i was like you, I used to say to us, like, do you remember the position we were in before we even had our first child? We were just like, it was a complete pipe dream. Um, and then we managed to, yeah, 
<laughs> nab a second child pretty quickly sort of uh, after through medication etc but mm-hmm. yeah it's well, um there's yeah. different challenges you face before and afterwards yeah well because yeah the horrifying thing for us is knowing that we couldn't get pregnant and then she the exact the exact conversation she's, she's like i haven't I haven't had my period for a couple of months I'm like Haha, that's weird yeah uh, <laughs> and she, i'm like maybe you should do a test it'll be funny <laughs> <laughs> She did the test and she, and she goes, it's it's positive. I'm like, oh, this isn't funny anymore. Uh, uh, you, you check the test results and all it says is dorse. Yeah. <laughs> like, ah. It's like, we're it's positive happening. for dorse. Like, because, because of the situation that we were in, um, for us, it was more likely that she was having a form of cancer that made her body believe she was pregnant. Yeah, wow. That was statistically more likely. Uh. So we had a couple of days of utter horror and wow. t- until yeah. we went to the ultrasound and you know may the 4th i remember that day for the rest of my life <laughs> um and yeah and then we were expecting to see not a human uh and then we saw a human and it oh. was awesome wow wow so, so you can't what, yeah yeah sorry what, 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 yeah but both a relief and a surprise man that's it's huge yeah. yeah yeah so at that point you like obviously you weren't um expecting to have a child or whatever yeah but where were you like super excited to be a father at that point straight away what were oh, your initial yeah. feelings i yeah. literally because i um i had i left work to go so I, I allocated x amount of time i'm like hey, i need to go i've got an appointment at this time i'll be back in like three hours two hours whatever right yeah so we did the we did the the um we did the ultrasound i made phone calls tell my parents and they were they fucking had the, a blast mm-hmm. um and then my, and then Millie went back to her job, and then I went to mine. But on the way home, I stopped off at Best and Less, and I bought um, a bunch of little uh, baby clothes. Yeah, um, yeah. And that, <laughs> like, yeah, because I was I was so excited. It was the best thing ever. That's um, awesome. Yeah. So like, yeah. So that, the, I mean, the, even, that even that response is real, very fast, and it was awesome. Even that response from you, like, that's almost the polar opposite of me like i was really looking forward to kids for a long long time it's something i'd always wanted it took me the longest time to get my head around that fact it was really only till about it's fair to say maybe two weeks to a month before noah actually arrived before i finally kind of i don't know could comprehend what was actually going on yep yeah wow. if i put this bit here and this here then all of a sudden child the birds and the bees but there are moments like where I'm sitting with him and I'm like, fuck, I'm a father. Mm, mm. Like, you just kind of forget because like, he's always there and you're like, yeah, cool. Yeah. He's, he, he calls me dad and you're like, fuck. I, I still find it weird if people refer to me as a man. I'm like, I'm just an overgrown teenager. Like, yeah, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> well, that, like, yeah, cycling back to my point, that kind of links back to then what I was talking about before where you yeah, like that two weeks to a month beforehand when the penny finally dropped that was when I think a lot of those other things I was talking about before had to change. Like, I, I can't be just all work and just push everything off to the side or just, you know, postpone it, postpone it, postpone it. I have to get my head in the game now. Um, mm, mm. That was, it was kind of a rude awakening for me, even though I'd had months really yeah, to no, digest it's, it's, it. It's it just a, took yeah. the longest time in the world to get my head around it. And even now, like you were talking about the snapping and those sorts of things before. Um, the nature of my job being a teacher means that I get, like every 10 or so weeks, I get a couple of weeks off. Um, and I'm on holidays right now. And I've been called out a couple of times, um, probably two or three times over the course of the first week that I'm back for having been particularly snappy or whatever it was. And I think it's just me having the, the fact that on any other day I would go to work and 
some of the things that would constantly I undoubtedly put Angelica under pressure day after day because he's crying, he needs a feed, sleep, whatever it happens to be. I'm missing a large chunk of that because I'm away at work. Mm. And now all of a sudden I'm here for all of it. And mm. it's not like mm. a weekend where there's two days and you're back you're back in the swing of things again. It's now two weeks straight where I'm just I'm there for all of it. And I think I don't I I disagreed that I was being snappy, but I had to accept that, that was that was the response and that was clearly how it's being interpreted. Um, and it's it's even that sort of adjustment being versus from being there some of the time, the nature of a work a work and a job and being away, absent for a while to then being there all the time is a massive difference as well. Yeah, yeah, wow. while, yeah. But to Mitchell, wrap it up, being a dad awesome. is fucking rad. They are awesome. rad dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So yeah, yeah. As as Betson said, don't let it like you. You realize all the there's all the part and parcel stuff that comes with it. But um, yeah. Ultimately, I think just those little moments uh, really outshine everything else. Yeah. And you'll feel less less weird watching Pokemon, Drew. You, you know. Oh my god. It becomes that's what I look forward to the most. <laughs> maybe, maybe they won't. Maybe they won't like the old stuff so much because it won't be widescreen or whatever. But yeah, something. like I tried to drill in like very old school Thomas into my into oh, my son. Oh my god! Like yes. like the Ringo Starr commentated yep. one, yes. narrated yeah, yeah. one. Sorry, and he's like, "Nah, I like the one with the th- weird, for creepy, th- you know, CG faces." I'm like, "Fuck <laughs> all that! Watch this one." Why don't you just introduce him to the Resident Evil 2 Thomas the Tank Engine one? <laughs> Which just burst through the wall. And <laughs> Alrighty. Paul James, it is time to get real. Estate. Real estate. Let's talk about it. Jesus. So people have had different experiences buying and selling homes and those sort of things. And like I was talking about before, we're hopefully at the end of what's been a painful sort of road in the last few months. Um, I kind of wanted to discuss the the kind of pros and cons the experiences that people have had buying and selling and what bumps they've had along the way and all that sort of stuff because I don't know um, we we did a bit of research so maybe setting up our scenario we put our house up on the market at the end of uh, mid January this year um, which wasn't all that long ago really when you think about it mm-hmm. um, it wasn't even there all that long before an offer got made. Um, mm-hmm. And that was great, and we accepted it, and we'd found a place in roughly that window that we're interested we interested in. We put an offer up for that place as well, and then all of a sudden, uh, probably three weeks of delays and delays and delays from the people who'd made the offer on our place before eventually theirs fell through. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. everything from our sale uh, was... Sorry, everything that we wanted for the place we were pl- trying to get did, was dictated to by the sale yeah, of our exactly. own home. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so when that fell through, all of a sudden it was like this heartbreak because we'd, we, we'd been to the inspections and then even after we made the offer, I was one of those dickheads. I kept going every single weekend to the inspections anyway. Just another opportunity to just walk through and, and start imagining things. Angelica had her iPad and she'd taken all the like all the photos that get put up on the real estate site. She'd been uh, Photoshopping those and kind of planning out all the different bits oh, and wow. pieces that she was going to do. <laughs> like we, we were... 110 really connected to it yeah yeah um attached to it and then when the when it all fell through we were beyond devastated um and it took and i mean that's at the same time we're talking about having a baby of three to four months at that point so even just kind of developmentally and things that are going on for him that's there's an extra layer on top of that um now more recently and touch wood because it's not 100 percent final yet but it's like 99 percent done with all the verbal agreements are there uh, it looks like we've some new people have come along. They've 
they've made an offer we've accepted it they've they've been financed we've got uh, the place that we wanted was still available even though our whole thing had to fall through the first time after about a month of stress and me kind of standing there in the house for every open inspection pointing out all these little <laughs> faults with it so that anyone can come really loudly <laughs> you, you see that hole there that's you, you might as well come through just there. like brought your freaking sleeping bag with you and just lived there. This house oh, yeah. is built on an old burial ground. <laughs> <laughs> Go to no, a I was, bag of I was there every every Saturday just <laughs> watching, and it was and, and like you'd sit, you'd I would arrive there at the very beginning and. I'd be in there. The agent knew I was there. Just hey, Paul, and just let me go about my business. <laughs> um, and I'd like I'd see people park their cars and start walking towards the house, and the heart just starts exploding out of the chest because we were just we were hanging on to grim hope at that particular point that someone else was going to come along quickly enough to make an offer for our place that we could quickly snap it up again. Um, real estate. How stressful is this shit for you guys? How has it been? What are some uh, of your experiences? Who wants to go first? Um, I can go first. Uh, I've been in this house for a bit over a year now. I bought my first house, uh, was it um, start of 2000 and I guess was it 17? No, it must have been 18, 2018. Um, so everything, everything was a new experience for me learning, you know, going to the bank and uh, getting the loan and um, learning all like all about the stamp duty and all that and uh, it it's it was no nowhere near as complicated as of uh, what you're going through, Paul, with having to sell you know your previous house because obviously I had nothing to sell, so I didn't have to worry yeah. worry <laughs> about that. But um, for me, it was a relatively um, straightforward process. Uh, it, it was during a time of year where I was quite busy on the farm and everything, so trying to uh, you know get time off for appointments and um, going to the bank because at the bank going to the bank. Um, wasn't able to do the meetings in like the town I live in. It was about probably a forty-minute drive to the next town to do it. So you know you have to have like the day off or half a day off to go and do that. So every little bit was uh, like pretty difficult to do. But apart from that, it it all went pretty straightforward. Got no complaints really, and it's a uh, it's it's good having a uh, your own place rather than um obviously uh, renting because yeah I, I lived in a rental property for about a year after like moving straight out of my um uh, parents place and yeah didn't didn't quite enjoy that too much because of uh our, our uh, real estate lady was a bit bit of a bum to put it lightly <laughs> how so like incompetent just horrible or oh, oh you, you know what they can be like just real real fussy so we did we did like a big yeah okay. we did like a big clean up and we like scrubbed the walls we like made the place spotless and like she would be like, "Oh, there's a bit of there's dust in, on the gutters or something like that outside." They always are. It's the worst. So I'm like, it, yeah. It, this is a lot cleaner than when we walked in. So, yes, just oh. it's fine. <laughs> I hate that when like they got photos of when you first moved in. I'm like, I remember our first rental. There's like mold on the ceiling, and then she, the lady complained by the time we moved out years later that oh, there's a mold on the ceiling. I'm like, man, we cleaned the crap out of that. Like, mm. <laughs> yeah. What we've enjoyed is the fact that there's the whole thing, yeah, kind of what you both are talking about, where when when we finally get out of this place, it needs to be at least the same standard that was when they, people walked through the house for inspections. Yeah. Yep. The advantage for us is with a baby, things weren't all that clean. To so, our advantage, like you, the house was on fire. So. <laughs> we, like, like it was, everything was put away, everything was scrubbed up as much as you can, but it's not what you would expect when you don't have a three-month-old who throws rice around or, and all that sort of shit. 
<laughs> There's so, weddings all the time, just throwing rice. Well, yeah, if anything, you have to put the rice there when you leave because they expected it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it just means that when he, like, in that last week before we move out, any food mess he makes, we're just going to leave it. There. <laughs> if he shits Someone's on like, the floor, oh, I bought this we leave it there. purely on the rice feature. That was the little <laughs> and all the pot plants that have no pots, so it's just soil and a plant coming out of it. It's just, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. just a mess <laughs> on purpose. Oh. Uh, see, I myself uh, had a pretty smooth process. Like, I... Fuck you guys. Yeah, I, sorry, Paul. <laughs> All of you. Yeah, no, no, no yeah. only because... We had that. We had those sort of experiences the first time we bought as yeah. well. Well, because I'm, I'm very lucky. I went from living with my parents in Traugan, uh, with my mum and my stepfather, moving to live with my dad in Melbourne. So I lived with him for a couple of years. Then I lived with my in-laws for about a year. And then my wife, and then Millie and I bought our place. We built our place. Um, yeah, cool. And saying that though, like during that whole process, like I had no fucking money. So when we when we decided to build this house, I put in little money, like noticeably very small money, and my wife did all the money. So <laughs> it's, it was like it was pretty. Like, the only concern for because it was twenty fourteen, we first started the building process. Um, like we, it was a, it was a situation. It was like, uh, yeah, fuck it. Like well, we had all these. We have the way it sort of works is we had these trips planned. We're like. Hey, let's go to America. Oh no, let's build a house instead. Let's let's we built the house. Oh, let's go to America. Oh, let's get married instead. Let's go to America. Oh, let's have a child. So like it's it's there's one of the the key stepping stones in like adulting. So when we built this house, the only problem that we have with it now is we didn't design it with a child in mind. Oh, yep. Mm. So like we there's there's a, a distinct lack of storage. There's no really kitty area. Like it's it's poorly designed for a child. Did you have enough uh, bedrooms in that to be able to? Oh, I have an, I have enough bedroom that this is one of them. For those that don't know, yeah. like one of the spare rooms is literally the shit that I film my stuff in. So, um, so 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 what what do you at the moment? Like a four by two or something? Or uh yeah four yeah yeah four bedrooms yeah. Okay. Yep, yeah. Yep. So like, yeah. So we we built with enough space, like plenty of space for us to to live as we were. We're like, cool. You'll have this space. We'll have a spare bedroom. I can have this shit here. And blah 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 blah. And then it's like, oh, cool. And now there's a child's room, and there's a studio, and there's one of the other rooms just a storage of all the other shit that should that used to be in that room. Um, yeah. And like, that's the only thing. The only thing with, with housing and real estate is that I wish I planned more of is just storage. There is no house ever has enough storage ever what what was the first home owner's uh grant at the time when you did it uh, it was not as high as it is now okay yeah 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 because yeah because yeah, now, now they boosted it to encourage building mm. yeah because so basically and, and they lowered it if you buy yeah. so in um in south australia we get nothing i got nothing no grants no incentive no no help so. oh woe is me look yeah. at you no i'm kidding yeah, I know. <laughs> so, in other words no, still though other words like, gone by in victoria <laughs> or somewhere. <laughs> yeah, come join um, us. Yeah. Yeah. So, so for me, uh, we we'd been through two in, in us living together. We'd been through two rentals. Uh, when my uh, daughter was born, we we're still in that rental, and then she wasn't. She's was probably only six months old when we started. Um, uh, decided to build our first house, which is the house I'm in right now, and. That was actually a, a pretty decent process. Uh, we had the yeah the the, the boosted um, first homeowners if you build sort of thing was going on, and um, we managed to like just be able to get a loan because um, banks were being pretty tight then. 
and so yeah like year, a few years have gone by and we're like okay well let's let's try and you know sell and and then build again sort of thing and so what happened in great southern wa and i'm sure this reflects to a lot of other areas is that there was like an artificial housing boom so all the all the media and everything were really pushing like great southern's going off and everything but it wasn't and because they were doing that everyone put up their house for sale and they were expecting people from uh, Perth to come down and buy. And there were Perth investors coming down. They're just like, nah, we're good. And so basically, it ended up being, we put our house up for sale right at the time that literally like so, the majority of other houses around my suburb did too. And so we put up a house for sale in February 2018. We had a guy interested straight away. It suited him perfectly. He was a single dad with twins. He wanted room for his dog. We got like a big yard, you know, in terms of relation to this, to the, the types of uh, yards you get around here. And um, yeah, and he was keen. Uh, put it in, in an offer, like a few grand below our offer uh, asking price, which was three eighty nine at the time. And yeah, basically, he had a dodgy um, mortgage guy. Uh, pretty much being like yep yep you're all good to go yeah you're sweet yep do this do this consolidate all your loans all this other stuff and really let them up the garden path which gave us a false impression of yes yeah, it's all good to go and then we were wanting to build again in a new uh section of blocks just around the corner so we started that process and we're going through choosing stuff and we've got plans and everything and they're doing good deals and they start doing site works and that because they're like, yep, this is one signature away from going through. And then everything fell through. This guy could not get finance. The guy that gave him his mortgage advice screwed him in terms of trying to get finance by making put all his loans together. Um, he, we were literally weeks upon weeks of us being like, oh, he went to like four or five different mortgage people to try and get a loan and he couldn't do it. And he was gutted and we were just like, well, shit. So we just like, completely lost hope in the, and, and hype in the whole idea of building again and over that course of time we still had a house on for sale up through until November 2018 and in that time if you're a first home buyer like right now you can get a mad deal because we had we dropped our house price asking price down to 370 still couldn't compete blah 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 because what it came to for us was we have a three by two, but we've got a big deck and a big yard. Whereas families, all these young I don't families, know how that's relevant to selling a house, but thank you for letting us know. That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> well, I, I, I love people to come around and check out my big deck. But anyway, um, but families wanted the four by twos. They were just so concerned about the, the four by two and they didn't really care about the fact that, oh, hey, your children can run around, you can have your dog and all this other stuff. And, it got so bad that even our real estate agent said that he was considering jumping off a roof. Whoa, Whoa. Jesus Christ. And I was like, right. holy shit. He sort of said it nonchalantly, and I was just like, um, are you okay, man? Like, he, he just said that trying to sell mm. how, the real estate market is so crap right just now. Just don't do it off our roof. And you'll put down the price even yeah. more. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like, you had... Okay, so now you've got houses that are like... 450 grand value now selling for 340 grand like that's the type of level Mm. that people are dropping to um so great for a first first home buyer for sure uh great time to build um great time to build where i am because all the companies are scrounging to get sales so they give you awesome deals um but yeah for us we just go nah screw it if we were to even sell at a price that's competitive now we would be losing money 
Um, and so let's just stay where we are and see how it goes. Basically. That's a really interesting climate you're sort of in at the moment. So like for our place, now we bought it, it was two years old when we bought it. Uh, we bought it for just under 400, but it's a bit over when you add your stamp duties and all that sort yeah, of crap yeah. in there as well. Um, and we're about to sell for 525 or thereabouts. Mm. And we've done nothing to it. It's a three-bedroom, two-bathroom place. So it's... And are it's, you Melbourne it's close to the city or what, what, what are you? Uh, about 45 to an hour north. Yeah, so... Halfway well, between Melbourne so and Bendigo, I'm, I guess. I'm um, regional WA, so it's considerably cheaper than the city, being Perth. Um, yeah. So Perth would be more the prices that you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, we're yeah. we're just out of just what well, the first rural area, I guess you would say, if you're heading north from the city. Well, even for yeah. us, so we're in so we're just out of Geelong, which is about an hour and a bit from the city. Like, cause we're we're right between Torquay, which is this lovely beach town, and Geelong. So there is just estates fucking everywhere right now. So even if we bought this like just this land and didn't do anything with it, it would be staggeringly better now than it was mm, even yeah. four mm. years ago. The, the, the thing that really annoys me, though, and that was kind of like we felt like we dodged a bullet, is the block we're on at the moment is like 780 square metres. And Huge. the new one... Yeah, well, the new ones they're selling, where we were going to build, are like 500. Yeah, mine's 400. Um, <laughs> and, 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 and the house was a lot bigger. And so the yard was going to be a lot smaller. And I was just like, well, it is what it is. Like That's how you got to... You know, whatever. And, I'm, and then it just really... It kind of started really grinding my gears. I'm like, man, like if those fucking real estate people would just like sacrifice a couple of blocks to allow everyone to have that little bit extra space. But of course they're not going to because they're going to squeeze no. as much money as you can out of the, the space. But, yeah. Sorry, speak, yeah, speaking um, of children, like, going back. Oh, hello. <laughs> oh, hello. oh, there he is. The, the, the champ is here. Uh, he How are you, James? Mad chocolate mouth. Um, hey, James. Dus, 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 dus. Dus. Yeah, he looked at me and went, yeah, yeah, dus. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah I mean our block's about 3.30 the one we're going to buy again touch wood everything by the time this actually goes live it should all be resolved uh, is about 8.70 or something like that um, wait so you're going you're going from 3.30 to 8.70 yeah holy hell um, so like, so where you're now do you have is there like no yard or something or is yeah it's it's basically non-existent okay wow wow um, it's, it's more or less even though it's officially classified as a home it's basically a unit yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So it's it's been good to us. We've well and truly outgrown it. Even before Noah arrived, things were getting a little bit tight because I basically occupied a whole room with uh, where my computer was and the mm, consoles mm. and all that sort of for, for capture or podcast or whatever happened to be. Now it's a totally different scenario. I'm recording in my bedroom, but um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's it's gonna be a nice little upgrade for us. We just I was interested when you were talking about. Um, when things fell through for you the first time, James is having a great time in the background. Yeah. <laughs> um, I am listening, by the way. Is it, is it, I can't see. He's so small on the screen. Is that dus going on right now? Yeah. Dus, dus, dus. Um, That's good. So, uh, like, the people who initially made the offer for our place, they were, they were trying to... They had a few investment properties already. They were trying to wrap the house up when they bought here. They were trying to wrap it up as a part of a trust that they had. Yeah. They had $200,000 in cash already ready to go. Damn. Um, so we're sitting <laughs> back going oh this is going to be great this is going to be easy but apparently because of the different values of all their other investments that wasn't enough um, wow. so after after they went through brokers and banks and all that sort of thing they, they the contract fell through they eventually um, it kind of had to the people who were uh, for the place that we wanted to buy which we're now finally going to um, 
said, look, we can't we can't keep waiting. We're neglecting other people here. Like, there's opportunities that could be getting missed here. Yeah. Yep. Um, wow. But they they insisted black and blue. Like, no, keep the keep that. Um, you know, the the five hundred dollars or whatever it is, the that you kind of give the agent as kind of that holding that holding sum. Mm. Um, no, keep it. We're going to find a way to get this resolved. So we waited and we waited and we waited. And in the meantime, with a, with a you know three, four, five, now six month old, we weren't opening the house for inspections. Because that's a lot to put the family through in the meantime. Just because we put faith in these people that they've got this much cash, surely they'll they'll be able to get it done. And then all of a sudden, after insisting black and blue and saying we'll get it done, we'll get it done, we'll get it done, they just completely disappeared. Yeah, said nothing. Oh, right. Like they just vanished. Oh. The agent, the agent, never heard anything more from him. I think he's still got their their um, holding deposit. Even oh wow, um, Jesus. they just wow. completely vanished. So we were we were livid with that whole thing because in that time we could have been reopening the house and giving ourselves a chance. Now in the end, it's worked out. But it oh, was about well, a month. It was about a month there. We were sitting there twiddling our thumbs, just yeah, hoping. That's that it would the work that's out. the main thing. I don't know how you did it, but we were doing home opens every weekend. Yeah, in that, retrospect, we should have. Yeah, and that was like stress city because it's it was the good side was you're keeping your house clean as heck, but the bad mm. side is that every Saturday morning you're freaking running around like. You know, headless chooks trying to get oh, get if it you done. Have the ten AM open for inspection. Yeah, yeah, and then and you do it, and no one shows up, and you're just like, oh well, I guess we've got a clean house now. Um, and it's just, yeah, that that was we after months of doing that, like over six, seven months of doing that, we got sick of it, dropped it to fortnightly, then dropped it to monthly, and then eventually just backed out altogether. So. Hmm. Yeah, it was it was just one of the things that we had like all this hype at the start. We had this buyer lined up, and then it all went sour. And then it was just like you would get like a nibble every three months. Um, and yes, yeah, just it's just a challenge. Um, we looked at you know, hey, do we extend? We'll look at pricing of extensions. Do we go double story? That's going to be really expensive. We have to completely redo the roof. Um, yeah, so we're just going to stay as is and assess the market in the future. Yeah. Sounds a lot like uh, what you guys said about having kids. The first time can be relatively, re- relatively easy, and the second time might be completely different. <laughs> well, I think it's, it's one of those things you kind of set your expectations a bit differently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because sure. um, yeah, that that first one. I mean, we just we bought. It's like what you were describing, Drew. We just we bought. Yeah. Um, we didn't have to sell in the same market. We just we found a place we wanted. We made an offer. The bank was able to do everything they needed to. Great, it was done. Now all of a sudden, once you get extra people involved, there's all these hoops you got to jump yeah. through because everything you want to do is dictated to by those people doing what they promised that they're going to be able to do. And if they can't for one reason or another, it in a lot of scenarios, there's there's plenty of people out there that have other ways around it. We spent a fair chunk of the time trying to explore other ways. Can we take out bridging loans? We didn't really want to do that because we know that they they kill you financially. Mm. But um, mm. we're trying to explore the, all these other possibilities, and you just you're clasping at straws at the end there. And eventually, we just got rejected on all of them. We were just we were devastated, and then thankfully, everything going well. I'm still touching Touch some wood, wood, even though everything everything they've they the bank has verbally agreed to them that it's going to be okay. They just need to get in there and sign. So yeah. it shouldn't nothing oh, should go wrong from here. Just a complete it's, just, it's a killer. When people say touch wood, does anyone find it wrong if you grab your cock? Oh well, that's just um, what I no, share. It depends man. how if that's hard, all. If that's all you've got at the time, it depends how hard you are at the time. I think that, I think it's all relative. You, you need yeah. to slap it around a little bit to get it going, yeah. and then do it. Like, yeah, yeah. Just, a bit of a just hang on, guys. Just give me a sec. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> all right. 
<laughs> he's like that thigh slap. To be fair, that was me just away. slapping my thighs, just to be very, um, very clear. It reminds me of, I, I don't know, uh, particularly when I was uh, growing up in, in Queensland, before I moved to WA, you'd always see Chubb Security around. After oh, yeah. yeah. Mm. I'm like, Chubb Security, yeah, boy. Yeah, my partner's uh, <laughs> dad used to work for them. It was a running joke. <laughs> As it should be. Like, yeah, like, I remember there being that, like, the age, you know, like, uh, Phil McCracken. It was literally yeah, Phil McCracken, <laughs> Plumman and Trogan. Like, oh wow! Uh, I remember when we, when we first moved to where I am now, and I was like a high schooler, and the first thing we saw was a construction site with the words Coburn Toilet Hire, but obviously spelt Cockburn Toilet Hire. Yep. Um, good, and good, yeah, good. that was. Do you want to bring your cockburn on the toilet? No. Funniest. no, you don't. You don't want to. No. Okay, so final topic: like the emergency Australian Christmas gift. Let's talk favourites. All right, so segways wrong point. Might I add. What's that? Segways are on point, man. Cheers. Mm. <laughs> Smacking it out of the park tonight. Um, fuck, I want to have. I want some favorites, right? How? Like, I don't know. I love Turkish delight. Like people, it's oh, kind of, people kind of. I'd rather like lick a dog's ass. Like, <laughs> Turkish delights are the, oh, I love the dumpster delight. fire oh, of, t- of candy. Delights, I love so them. I mean, they they're awful. What? Well, more for <laughs> me. More for me. Anyway, that doesn't matter. Let's get out of this confectionery lane Dog's and move out. into. Uh, music with favorite musicians. So specifically with this, um, I want to focus on the people that may not get the props they deserve. So I talk about favorite musicians in terms of they have to actively play an instrument live, whether it's guitar, bass, drums, keys, DJ, whatever. No, just lead singers. Um, so if you get a lead singer that happens to be known as a guitarist as well, that can stay. Tell us why you love their work and some examples of particular songs or riffs or sections that uh, stand out to you. So, whoever wants to jump in first. I'm happy to get the ball rolling if need right, be. Let's go. Uh, the one that instantly if jumped out at me. If this is Johnny Depp, like... I'd... Hey. <laughs> I said, if this Johnny is Johnny Depp. Depp <laughs> the Pirates of the Caribbean soundtrack is... Um, no, Speaking the, the one Trump. that inst- instantly jumped out at me. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking first bet some of the coke now, I just spilled beer all over myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, beer. You use that as an excuse. Yeah, yeah. It was frothy. That's and it's sure. worse in the car as well. Oh, I know. I'm sorry, uh, Drew. It's not a furphy, mm. but whatever. Anyway. Furphy proudly made in Geelong. Just so. yeah. Geelong. Geelong. Represent. Right. Uh, anyway, Paul James was saying uh, something. The, the one that instantly jumped out at me is, uh, he's formerly of Lincoln Park, Mike Shinoda. Oh, nice. Who, um, Funny you should say He was formally. kind of a... Ja- hey... Funny you should say formally, because technically they're... Are they still active well, on paper? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're still like, we don't know what we're doing, but we're still a band. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's to, at the moment he's gone off and done his own things, so okay, I guess so. I'll, I'll go with formally for the for the for now anyway. Okay. While they sort that out, um, he's just he's a jack of all trades. Yes, he, he can do a little bit of vocals, but like he he spends a lot of time on the keys. He'll pick up the guitar if he needs to, whether that's. Um, whether that's bass or whatever it happens to be. Like you can, and then you see him on the drums as well. And I didn't necessarily appreciate it all that much back in the day when he was a part of Linkin Park because you've got people working dedicated roles there. Um, but since he's gone solo and the, um, I've just watched some of the, the live clips or whatever it is and you see him like he's bouncing from keys to to the drums to and as well as doing vocals along the way mm, mm. it's it's kind of kind of incredible what he what he's actually capable of and he just juggles them all with ease mm, mm. 
Yeah, he's um, he's mad props to him for sure. Like, particularly with the stuff he was expressing on like the EP and the album post Chester post dying. Um, yeah, yeah that was album. yeah, that was uh, like lyrically. I thought that that really hit. So yeah, I mean, he's he's a like he's a master when it comes to actually the the writing and those sorts of things as well. But mm, um, mm. but yeah, in terms of what your main focus was was the instrumental side of it ideally and he just handles all of them with a plum and then he can juggle all these other balls at the same time as well yeah back and to it, back it, to cock related stuff too he's juggling balls <laughs> and, and he's definitely very strong in the in the production side of stuff like he's always yeah. been from um fort minor to his this now solo stuff um and of course like Lincoln park he's you, any behind the scenes footage you see him like at the helm alongside other producers and stuff and um, you know, he's not afraid to go kind of like more pop direction and then he goes, you know, he, he's varied his, his influences and styles with like the hip hop side of stuff. Um, and yeah, then I always course, felt like yeah. he was the driving force when it came to all things Linkin Park. And, you know, the people would criticize him a little bit with some of the directions they, uh, they went in over the journey. Oh, this is too poppy. Where's, give me more of the heavy stuff. And I always felt like um, Mike was the, the main driver for some of those decisions. I'm sure the others came along willingly. Yeah, but I always yeah. felt like Mike was the person that would try and draw, uh, steer them in other directions, and that was great. I actually I loved all the stuff they did, every direction they went. Well, speaking of but, behind um, the scenes stuff, like my, one of my favorite albums of all time is J- uh, the Linkin Park Jay Z Collision Course uh, EP album, whatever it's. Oh yeah. To. Um, and if you watch the behind the scenes of that, just the way that Mike pretty much did uh, all of it is yeah. just yeah. a testament. Yeah. Like when Jay Z comes in and be like, "Hey," he's like, "I have already tracked all this, 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 this," and then like. Super prepared. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You want me to- the guy's a machine. Yeah. He's brilliant. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so that, that was the, like as soon as you uh, as soon as you put that down as the topic, that was the first idea within seconds that popped straight into my head. Like he was, he's just to me, he's like the big shining example of someone who he may not necessarily focus on one particular thing. It's it's the whole jack of all trades thing. He can yeah. just really handle everything. Yeah. Definitely. All right, uh, Betson. Uh, mine go for the, those two names that come to come to my head straight away, and one of them makes total sense. The other one, I'm not quite sure why, but the first name that came to my head. Um, so first off is uh, Mick Gordon, who is the composer for Doom, primarily. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. I yep. love that soundtrack like that. If I ever have to explain to someone like what my perfect genre of music is. I can play them the Doom 2016 soundtrack. Like, is that in, it's that industrial, it's fucking heavy, and it's, like, bouncing. It's dope. Like, it's brilliant. Front to back, it's it's excellent. And then... Dash, I, I know you're editing this right now. Just start dropping in tracks from time to time. Right? <laughs> please, just please just do. in the background. Plus, plus I, I know Betson loves his industrial because he's going to go see uh, Static X. So. Well, funny enough, Static X is involved in my next one, is my next pick. So, Ooh. um... Yeah, so like it's absolutely brilliant. And then I, I did also see a panel at PAX like, I don't know, fuck, two years ago where he did a, a, a big panel about how he did the music, how he made the music, like how he bought this random ass synthesizer from like the Soviet Union, like, and how he just managed to manipulate sounds to come out with this grungy, just super fucking gnarly album. It's brilliant. All I can hope is that for Doom Eternal, he comes back and he delivers exactly the same thing again. Because I want... I mean, he's back. Uh, he's he back. He's back. Yes. Yeah, he's back. Yes. Yeah, that's my <laughs> big thing. As long as he's back for Doom Eternal, I'm cool. 
Sorry, I've been known for disappearing from podcasts to go piss on the lawn. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> At least you know why. Uh, but my <laughs> but my second is uh, Nikashiro, who was a drummer for Static X uh, oh. from uh, Machine through to uh, well, pretty much until they until they call it called it quits with the with the death of Wayne Static. Um, so. <sighs> With their announcement, they're, they're now doing this, what they call the Resurrection Tour, where they're sort of doing a 20-year anniversary tour of Wisconsin Death Trip, which is their first album. And they're like, hey, we've brought back all the original members. So, which up until that point, was everyone on the current roster aside from the drummer. So they brought mm. Ken J back from the first album to come as part of this tour. Where I personally think Nikashiro, who was a staggeringly better drummer, um, it just kind of got the, sh- the short end of the stick there. Uh, so if you go to his YouTube channel, Nikashiro, like you find out that he's kind of just a freelance drummer now. Like he's got a couple okay. of covers on there and he's almost like, Hey, if you want, if you want or need a drummer for your whatever, tell me what you want and I'll make it happen. And it's just so, that's, awesome. that's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. But it's also fucking sad. Cause like, he's, yeah, he's not yeah. doing anything well, well, else. Well, have you seen all the stuff about how they've got like the masked guest vocalist yeah which like the mask looks dope by the way like that looks brilliant um but also it's that weird conflict for me so i was very lucky i did get to see uh static x during i believe it was during the terror the tour for the cult of static so it did have wayne tony on bass uh uh koishi on on guitar and nick on drums so like that's that was the best lineup they've ever had as, as a band. I was very lucky to set before before Wayne passed away. Oh, so. I- inter- interesting crossover you should say it because Paul mentioned Mike Shinoda and you've got the uh, you've got the their song they did with Executioners. Oh, um, it's going down. It's going down. And Wayne Static brilliant. on guitar in the video. That song yeah. is brilliant. So good. Oh, I actually had the vinyl of that. That's how much I loved it. Fuck off, oh, really? Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I need that. Oh, yeah, I need that so hard. Um, but yeah, so like I. I it's a situation of like I think, yeah. Like granted, with Static X, this, uh, their their musical sort of influence is is it's very guitar driven. Like it's it's oh sorry, it's not guitar driven. It's very synth driven. So even yes, the guitars yeah. are stepped back. Even the drums, uh, the drums are prominent, but they do use a lot of samples. So yes, yeah. Even though like everyone kind of just plays a mute role while every there's different focuses, but I still feel that the Nikashiro needs to get more love. Uh, I'll be interested to see what you think. Were you ever a big uh, Fear Factory fan? Uh, not a massive fan. I was a big fan of uh, Infrastructure? Destructure or something. It was a purple album cover. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Demanufacture. Yeah, yeah. Demanufacture, yeah. Yeah, I really yeah, yeah. dug that album a lot too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because that was sort of my, like, my leanings into industrial was more like the industrial metal unless um yeah uh, I, I guess um, then I also recently covered an episode on Take My Tone talking about Nine Inch Nails and that's very much more like industrial rock so I love that too so yeah, yeah. interesting but yeah uh Drew Agnew that is me hello that is you um musicians yes uh, I'm I'm a big fan of video games and uh, Nintendo as most people will probably know. Um, really? And no, you biased fuck. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I hate I hate everything else. Um, 
but I've spent so much time like throughout high school and uh, even now just like listening to video game soundtracks and a lot of those were um, Nintendo games. Uh, most notably, probably like the Zelda sort of orchestras and um, the Mario Galaxy uh, soundtrack, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And all of these themes are composed by uh, Koji Kondo, um, the composer at Nintendo that does... Legend. Yeah, just an absolute legend that does all of these sort of um, composer, uh, composers and all, all, all that type of thing for for their games. And just the, the way... Like, he's got so many iconic uh, sounds. It's just unbelievable. Like, you know, they've got Legends of Zelda, Super Mario. Like, the list just goes on and on from there. And, yeah, I... When you said this, I'm like, yes, well, definitely him. Um, and also... That's cool. They've yeah. got a composer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I know, Paul would probably uh, really have enjoyed his music as well throughout, like, you know, throughout the ages. Absolutely, hundred yeah. percent. The some of his work's incredible. There, there's a lot, and I mean, Ryan, you spoke about obviously um, uh, Gordon there. Yeah. Like, there's there's some incredible people doing music in the games industry. Mm. Uh, whether it's orchestral, whether it's you know something heavier, whether it's somewhere in the middle. Like, it, there's there's some really awesome stuff going on that you just can't get in film. Because of the nature of the format, yeah, yeah, the yeah, way it agreed. kind of blends in and out of the action, um, just the way it makes you feel while you're actually playing the game. Whether yeah. like like in Zelda, you've got the big uh, orchestral like hype piece, but then you've got like the real dulcet tones of being able to like just you're in a field, just it's like relaxing, calm, mm-hmm. nothing's going on. There's a few birds, some butterflies, but then that's really well captured in like his. Uh, his music. Just yep. Drew in his dulcet tones. <laughs> and his good looks. <laughs> oh. I mean, you, you just had to just make his head bigger, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I've got a huge head. <laughs> um, fur- he's not can, talking can about the head the on his shoulders moment? either, but anyway. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Man, this is like this. It's a lot this of pe- like the- there's a lot of penis in this show. Like some mm. assembly required. Sponsored by Pornhub.com. <laughs> Sponsored da- by dash penis. <laughs> Just penis. Um, okay, that's awesome though. Composer. Uh, that, mm. That's cool. Cool curveball there. Oh. So mine. Sorry, is- sorry, Sam. I might just put in another quick one. Um, Sorry, just, just, I just butted in like a rude boy. <laughs> uh, just really quickly. Oh, that big head again. Um, the drama from Fallout Boy, uh, Andy Hurley. Uh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. He he's. Um, I full up band not full up band full up boys full up band. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I assume they're still my favorite band. Like I haven't, I've never really changed my favorite band throughout high school. I just like love those guys, and I think uh, I think their albums have become better and better as they've gone on. The last album was really bad. I don't listen to that one, but uh, I've always enjoyed them, and I've gone to see Full Out Boy twice, and I just I couldn't get my eye off of um like Andy doing the drums like just watching him is just so entertaining like you've got great drummers but watching him like play and all that and hearing his drum solos where uh, you when you're listening to an album you know uh, you know some of uh, Fall Out Boy's songs from you know the early 2000s were you know quite quite mainstream and so you didn't really get that like uh, I guess drum solo type of stuff but actually seeing it live mm-hmm. and being able to like hear it like he would have done like a five minute drum solo it was just sick like being, yeah, being and you, you get a lot of that. There's so many of these like 
pop mainstream based musicians that on recording it's like oh yeah whatever you know this serves its purpose yeah and then live you're like man these guys are skilled as fuck like mm. and you s- and yeah. and yeah and and but the, the fact that you said that you kept his your eye on him i just can't unpitch you throwing your jock strap at him but anyway. <laughs> yeah i thought it might sound a bit gay but uh um it is what it's it's right. perfectly fine. Yeah, that absolutely. is fine, man. Like I said, I because I'm a I'm a big him fan, right? So when I saw I've seen him a handful of times, and every time when Vildalo walks out, I'm like, yeah. Ah! <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, dude, dude, I did the same thing. Total man crush on Brandon Boyd, Incubus. Yeah, uh, saw him. I was just like, oh, this guy is just it. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of um, obsessions with male musicians, my one. Mm is Ryan Martini, the bassist of Mudvayne. Oh, um, ex- good pick. Yes. Exceptionally creative player. He, This sounds very sexual, but he finger picks, he slaps, he taps, and he pinches. Yeah. Um, he just does it all. And he's so humble. <laughs> and he, he's not a dickhead. He's In interviews, he is just like the most down-to-earth guy. I'm like, this is the perfect balance of just like skill versus just knowing like where you sit amongst... Yeah, just not being like a, a complete dick, and and I love that. And so, to me, uh, LD50 is easily their best album, and his playing is always great. But that's the album to listen to. I did a uh, guest playlist on dashgamer.com. I included one of their songs, um, Negative One, which is one of my favorites. So definitely check that out for his playing. So him, uh, Ryan, and the drummer Matt, they really lock in as like a complex rhythm section, whereas the guitar is like a lot simpler. So it's like a good juxtaposition. And I'd also recommend, in terms of listening, uh, like standout stuff, is listening to the their song "Not Falling," um, which yeah. came off the album afterwards. But the verse melodies he does in that are just so beautiful, and then he just gets straight into the groove after that. And man, like just so creative. And I just haven't been that excited about like I love bass anyway, but I haven't been that excited about a bass player. Like just I think just where he sits because they're kind of like he's playing all this complex stuff. And he's got the awesome, at least back in the early days, he had the awesome stage presence with orange hair, black face paint and everything. And and, and he's just energetic as hell. Um, and, and just the way, like, the faces he pulls and everything versus, like, everyone might jump to bass, flea, chili peppers. Great bass player. But it's just, like, I'm not enough into chili peppers to kind of, like, really get into it right yeah. so he's kind of like my equivalent of that and yeah understood. Um, it's the connection you have yeah exactly and man fuck if, if i've uh like i've i've met some of my favorite bands but yeah i really really want to meet him for sure well it's real tough because mudvayne are pretty much done right yeah so as i said first album uh well i guess first album that sort of exploded ld50 that's the one to listen to the one that came after I think was a good album, but the production let it down. And then after that, they definitely became more kind of mainstream sounding. Like, don't, Had it like stand Lost out. and Found is still dope though. So like, it's not. Yeah. But like, it's, it's like, I like it, but it's not LD50. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I, I want the progressiveness. I want the fucking like sound like you're a mental patient, like hooked up in a, like a padded cell. Like I, like there's a certain vibe and a look and everything that they just, uh, it, it's easily one of my favorite albums of all time. And, uh, it's it's weird that I have it's not often that I have bands where there's like a singular album that I always talk about because usually I, I follow bands all throughout their career but um yeah but that aside um, exceptional player so 
yeah, I just, um, I then try and pluck a bass string and I'm like, I will never be him. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll stick to drums, but uh, still no, no, nowhere near as good as the Mudvayne drummer. Uh, can I throw a couple honorable honorable mentions in just on the, on the tail end of this? Yeah, do it. Sweet. Uh, obviously, uh, yeah, Tom Morello, uh, Rage Against the Machine, uh, Prophets of Rage, Audio Slave, brilliant. That just is some of his innovation on his guitar. Like there's, there is, uh, there are very few uh, guitarists that have a sound, mm, and then mm. when you hear that, you're like, "That's Tom Morello." You know exactly who it is from what you hear. It. I, I love the the way he does. Uh, he imitates like scratching yeah. on his guitar with like his whammy and stuff. So good. And like using a pencil and you know like a drill bit, like all these things he just <laughs> found around to make cool sounds. Uh, and the other is uh, Darren Miller, the ex singer and guitarist of uh, CKY. Uh, some of, ah. some of his riffs, especially on uh, like ninety six, quite bit of beings, uh, escape from Hellview, are uh, just fucking dope. Sweet. Well, does yeah, anyone else uh, have if, any to add? Yeah, a quick quick honourable mention from me, uh, Chris Cheney of the Living End. Ah, that, yeah, that guy can work yeah. guitar like nobody's business. And then if you want to, has anyone seen them live? Yeah, handful times. So when they do e boogie and he start he whips out the VB and starts playing the guitar with the VB bottle, yeah. that's that's just a, that's a tr- I mean, yeah, that, that's like a novelty thing, but that's incredible. Um, but then like you, you how do you knows and those uh, sorry how do we knows and those sorts of songs, like just nails it on his, in his every regard. It's in person life, it's amazing, massive. Like here's a big guitar, like it's just the body well, yeah. of it is huge. Yeah, yeah. What 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 are they doing? They released um, an album just recently, didn't they? Yeah, um, yeah, it was just last year. I'm trying to. So did they kind of like go the way of Green Day, where they just sort of kept going, but they kind of lost the spotlight. Yeah, Yeah, after the state of emergency, they kind of of slowed down a little bit. Well, I mean, white noise. Some people disagree. Yeah, white noise kind of blew them right back up again, and then the last two albums since, no, three albums since, Mm. they've they've done well. Like they've still flown up the charts, but they haven't necessarily been mainstays. But the thing is, like, how many bands? really stay in exactly. the charts and then yeah. also the charts doesn't mean shit to me no no, no not, not these days no exactly um so all right well that was fun that was overly sexual yeah. and um you may need therapy after this episode of some assembly required i would invite everyone involved to just plug your shit so we're gonna start with ryan Pop culturist. Uh, yeah. Where, when, how, why? Yeah, so uh, I'm the big co-founder man of the pop culturist. Uh, we have two shows primarily. It is the For the Players, the pop culturist PlayStation podcast, every Monday morning at 8 a.m. on podcast services, 9 a.m. on the YouTubes. Uh, on Fridays, we have The Young and the Wrestlers, our uh, WWE-centric podcast, uh, Fridays, 8 a.m., 9 p.m., uh, 9 a.m. YouTubes. Uh, what else we do? We stream stuff. Uh, that's about it, really. Yeah, sweet. If you want to follow, if you want to hear me ramble shit, go to Facebook. Uh, sorry, go to Twitter at HaggardMC. H-A-G-G-A-R-D-M-C. Yeah, follow him. Do all the stuff. If you're into wrestling, check out Young and Wrestling. Still, easily one of the best podcast names I've come across. Yeah, it's, it's a brilliant name. Like I think, yeah. I think some doors have been opened for me on that name alone. <laughs> nice. Very good. Okay, Drew. You have a house. It is a Mario-shaped house. Yes. Let us know where to find it. Uh, you can find me um, on the House of Mario and Nintendo podcast where I talk with uh, talk about Nintendo with my best mate Bryce. Uh, each, each week we talk about the basically the latest stuff in the Nintendo world, including like 
latest releases of games and all that type of stuff. And uh, a lot of the time, obviously, with Nintendo's rich history, we go back and talk about that type of stuff as well. Um, yeah, so you can find that on all your podcast services at the House of Mario. And yeah, if you're interested in that, have a look. And, and what about your personal Twitter? Oh, you can find me on Twitter at iDruby and Twitter and Facebook as well. But very Facebook's good. A platform, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> we'll will it into existence yeah. or All out right. of existence. Uh, Padgemeister, Paul James. Um, so, player2.net.au has my all my written stuff, which I've done a lot more of lately, which has been nice because I've been very audio video based for a while now. But um, uh, reviews, bits and pieces I do there. Uh, I also have patched the Insider. Gamer School, and then my real baby that I'm really trying to nurse and look after at the moment, Dev Diary, uh, an interview series where I sit down with developers from all around the games industry and they kind of share their stories, what they've been up to, how they came to be, where they currently are, etc., etc., etc. And then good. as far as Twitter's concerned, shouldn't be a hard one to get your head around, Paul James Games. Very good. And if you can't spell that, well... Games Paul James. It. <laughs> I love how when you were um, listening off all the things you do, you had that realization on your face of like, "Shit, I have so much on." <laughs> well, this this is this is why I was having these issues for a while there, uh, and now okay. I'm just juggling them differently. Interesting. Uh, and myself, um, very much like the Apple version of the House of Mario. So I run a <laughs> Apple tech focused podcast called Apple Size. You can find that in your player or go to applesize.com.au. But as you may tell, also passionate about music, and I basically run a new podcast called Take My Tone, where I pitch, um, I have a song, and I have a different guest on each episode, and yeah, we swap songs, and we talk about it, and sometimes uh, they butt up against each other, and sometimes it works out, so find out at Take My Tones, find that in your player, as well as TakeMyTone.com. All right, everyone, just a, a really varied conversation, I'm really loving what happened here. Um, some assembly was required, but we got there. That's for sure. We did. Thank God. <laughs> okay. Uh, this has been episode four of Some Assembly Required, but certainly not the end game. All right, guys. Catch you later. See Bye. ya. See ya. Yes. And Dash is about to pop back in after making lots of sex jokes before. <laughs> <laughs>